liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today's episode is a two-parter. First up, I have on Harrison, who is a father who has been in a nightmare of a custody battle over his son, who is being raised by his, I guess, estranged ex-girlfriend, baby mama, however you want to frame it, uh, who is trying to raise his son as non-binary. And this is a tragic story, but it has kind of a happy ending, so... If you guys are interested in hearing about how screwed up the court systems are in California, this will be an interesting one. Part two will be with my buddies over from Tower Gang, Top Lobster, as well as Toad. It is a uh, rambunctious one, I guess you could say. (laughs) So if you don't if you don't like the uh, the joking crap talking version of me, uh, skip that. But uh, I thought it was good, so we'll see what you guys think. And last but not least, I want to remind you guys that I will be in New Jersey at Icarus Fest, June 8th through June 11th. It doesn't cost much, and the speaking lineup is incredible. Do not miss it. Again, IcarusFest.com if you guys want to grab tickets. If if you're in New Jersey, no excuses. Come out and see me. I love meeting you guys in person. Again, that's June 8th through June 11th, IcarusFest.com. And uh, last but not least, next week, I will be on TimCast IRL, so stay tuned for that. If you guys enjoy the show, please continue to leave those five-star reviews. You can do so anywhere, but uh, if you do them on Apple Podcasts, I will read them out at the end of a show sometime over the next month. Thank you guys again for the continued support, and enjoy the show. This story was so compelling, I felt it probably ought to be live, so without further ado... Uh, I actually, let me tell you just a quick backdrop. I read this story in the Daily Wire. I immediately invited this gentleman on the show. His name is Harrison Tinsley. He is fighting for custody of his son, who is being raised at three years old as non-binary. And that is, needless to say, concerning. Uh, Harrison, welcome aboard. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, concerned about this story, though. And uh, I think a lot of people are are worried about this trajectory where we're starting to kind of get so woo woo when it comes to gender and sexual orientation that uh, people are kind of losing their minds a little bit. So I thought that your story would, would definitely be interesting, but more, more importantly than that, I I think that uh, it's probably important that the public knows about what's happening. So hopefully you can get a little bit of support here. So um, I've, I've spoken enough, go ahead and tell us first off where you're from kind of some of the backstory. I'd appreciate it. Well, my name is Harrison Tinsley. I'm from Los Gatos, California. It's right in between San Jose and Santa Cruz. I spent a lot of time in Lake Tahoe as an adult. Most of my time has been there. And yeah, it's it's very concerning. And unfortunately, it's happening more and more all over the country. And the courts, basically, there's no law on it yet where courts can really rule about something like gender, <clears throat> at least not to my knowledge. Is that, I mean, how did it used to work? I mean, this this seems like a totally new phenomenon where you have children that are, I mean, I thought that we would put sex on a birth certificate when a child was born. Is that not the way anymore? If I believe they're starting to not do that. But in my case, luckily, it does say that he's male on his birth certificate. Okay. Um, 
So that's good. yeah, yeah. I mean, because it seems like if like that's what the birth certificate says, then there ought to be some sort of uh, you know method for you to be able to compel he be raised in that fashion. But it, it it's very it's a very complicated issue, particularly given where you live. So you're you're in Northern California, right? Correct. Yeah, the Bay Area. Okay, and and you had were you married to this woman? No, she was my girlfriend at the time. Um, okay. When she actually got pregnant, we were both happy. It was it was a totally positive thing, but uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't stay that way. And based off the article, it said that uh, you actually were left out of the picture just before his birth. Is that correct? It was more like halfway through her pregnancy. Okay. Till, till his birth. And so, what what happened there? Uh, well, essentially, uh, she b- broke up with me. She said mm. we had to go to counseling. Uh, I made a counseling appointment. She said she bailed on going to it. I made a second one. She bailed again. And then after that second time, I received a letter from her attorney or her. And it looked like an attorney letter it was like super weird, weirdly worded, you know, all sophisticated. And it just asked me not to talk to her or her family. Anyone in my family it was like a cease and desist kind of thing. Mm. So then I was left out uh, until his birth, which I didn't find out uh, he was born until about a week after from one of her friends. And it was, and then I was like, wow, this is, you know, heartbreaking. It's a weird thing to even fathom. Like my son was born and I wasn't there. Right. And so I figured out kind of what to do and what resources I had. And two months later, he was born in December. In February, I filed in court for like a established paternity custody visitation sort of thing. And it took 13 months after I filed in court. So I actually didn't meet my son until he was 15 months old. And I was aware the whole time, like I said, you know, we were together when she was pregnant. So it was, it was pretty tragic. But uh, fortunately now, I have half custody and me and him have a really, really great relationship. Okay, so you do have half custody. Yeah. Um, so you have to live within a few miles, but do you have a restraining order against one another? So I was court ordered just to move to the Bay Area broadly. And so I moved here in a nice town where I'm from. Uh, and his mom lives in San Francisco and there's currently no restraining orders, but I, I did have one on her for a period of time. Uh, can you get into a little bit of that? Uh, would well, you mind? I don't know if it's too personal, but well, what, what would you like to know? I mean, to get a restraining order against the mother of your child. I mean, she, she obviously also went the other direction and she basically tried to cut you out of your son's life. So there's, there's some animosity here. I'm just trying to give the audience the full picture so that they can kind of evaluate for themselves what's transpired. Okay. Well, basically the restraining order was mostly based on defamation of me and harassment on social media. Um, she would post things about me that aren't true on social media. <coughs> yeah. Often um, I tried to include on it, uh, you know, putting dresses and makeup on my son as like, uh, the court denied to add that to the restraining order, but I did try to include it. Um, and to clarify it, for the audience, your son's yeah. three, right? Yeah, he's three, three and five months right now. On In what world would someone even have the capacity to assess someone's non-binary status at that age? It seems, it seems crazy, if I'm being honest. So it is crazy, Clint. I mean, first of all, my son Sawyer is amazing he's 100% a boy he fully feels like he's a boy he very strongly acts that way talks that way if you mention anything to the contrary to him he'll he'll yell at you it, it makes him upset 
Um, I mean, if you want to hear like, I, I, I don't know what would bring people to do this other than their own self-interest of getting maybe on like a higher victimhood status hierarchy thing. Uh, yeah. Because it, in no world, even if you genuinely thought that it's, it's like that doesn't give them a better life. It doesn't make any sense. But um, I think it's something we need to stop for sure. I think it's something we should make illegal. But uh, like in his case, as an example, besides dresses and whatever, and that stuff upsets him, right? Because he talks to me, you know, we're, we're as close as can be. When I when I have him, I have him three or four days a week. I don't work those days. I spend every single second with him. You know, I missed 15 months. I'm not going to miss one more second. It's not Love happening. That. Yeah, thank you. Me too. It's 100% worth all the sacrifice that comes with it. Um, he told me a story one time, Clint. He was like, he's like, Dada, you know, and I know when he like want what you like, you know, your son so well, like when he's talking to you, you know, like what the situation is, like, is he telling you something silly, something serious, right? He told me one time, she had taken him to Disneyland. This was like, I don't know, it wasn't within the last year, but it was a few months after he told me, he said, Oh, Dada, when mommy took me to Disneyland, I couldn't go on the rides unless I wore my princess shoes. And I was like, what? So it's like, that's like coercion. And that's just that's just something, assuming what my son's saying is true, which I believe it is, is that's just, I can't even imagine, like you said that before, but like you can't, but not only pushing it on them, but like you can't, you took you all the way to Disneyland and you can't go on a ride unless you do this specific thing that you do not want to do that hurts your feelings. Like I, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's hard to imagine, honestly. Like it just seems, seems so strange. Uh, did, did she ever explain to you her rationale for why she believed that your son was not a boy? The only thing I've heard her say is just like, we can't choose that for him or something. Oh, okay. So she's something like that. She's trying to raise him without an assigned, but but she did treat him as a boy for the first like year and a half. And then it randomly started happening. Oh, interesting. So do you, do you have any intuition as to why that shift occurred? I have one theory. I don't know why I, she started identifying that way herself. So, uh, okay. So that, I think that's probably a big part of it. Um, is she, is she transitioning? I don't know. I don't believe so, but I, I have no idea what she does. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, she could just be non-binary and not, not be right. transitioning because she's just not identifying with either. Who knows? But that's I just I thought it is, but uh, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know for certain. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. So, um, you said that your son, you know, fights back when there's any sort of assertion that he's not a boy. Does, does he do the same with her as far as you know? And, and if so, how is she able to put makeup on him and put him in dresses and things like that? It sounds like from talking to him that recently it hasn't been happening because he does fight back. Um, but I do know he stands up to her at least somewhat. Cause one time on the court app, I got lengthy messages about how there was like a altercation with him and her about that sort of thing. Um, and she was blaming me and calling me a bigot and all the words you can imagine. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it's legit and he does stand up to her, you know, and I, and I always tell him, you know, you should be happy with who you are. And if someone tells you something that you don't agree with, you can tell them no. Well, that's good, good parenting advice. Uh, it just makes it very challenging when, the other parent in his life is saying something to the contrary. And I, I don't know how you, how you bridge that gap. Was there, was there any signs of this during your dating 
with her that like this was ever a possibility because it seems yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how you could ever suspect such a thing to be in your future. There, there was. I mean, uh, if you remember the Daily Wire article, uh, they didn't post the picture, but there was a one Facebook post. I think it was the first time she announced that she was pregnant. Um, it was just something like "Baby Sawyer" due in December. Like, whether you're a boy or a girl or neither, I'm gonna love you no matter what. Something like that. Uh, and then there was also personal conversations between me and her, where she would ask about it. You know, right, and. Is the, I mean, just to give a little bit of my backstory, I'm from San Diego, product of a twice divorced family. I know the, uh, the court system favors the, the woman in the relationship all the time. Has that been your experience as well? So if you want a liberal policy that I agree with, actually, California is relatively fair to dads. Like they're not, of course, girls still have the bet upper edge. Right. But it's not as bad as it could be it's not as bad as it could be. Like I've talked to people from South Carolina and other places. And I think it's a lot, they're a lot stricter in that regard, giving it mm -hmm. to the mother. However, still in California, of course, the girls have the upper hand. I mean, like I said, it took 13 months in court, not till he was 15 months old, just for me to meet him. And, and I would say if I had done any of the things that I proved in court that she did, like, I feel like one or two of the many that I proved, I, I believe I would have lost custody or, or significantly had less custody. Right. I yeah. do believe that's not exactly an even playing field still. Not at all. Like tw and 27% of dads, this is something I wanted to get into. Like 27% of dads don't even see their kids. Those aren't all dads that like ran away. People hear that story or that narrative. I'm not sure how much I even buy that narrative anymore. I'm sure it happens and that's tragic and it's horrible. And I can't imagine how anyone would do that. But I mean, the court system, what, what happens? People get divorced and then the guy perhaps loses all of his money and doesn't get to see his kids anymore. Maybe he sees them like once a week or, or something like that. And he gets to like FaceTime them. It's like, he's their uncle or something. And just, that's like what happens. It, it, it should be a lot more fair for dads. That's something we need to fight for, I think, as well as protecting children. I couldn't agree more. Um, I won't go too much into it personally, but I had a, a sibling in my life that long decades, long custody battle. Um, and it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific to witness and the damage is permanent, unfortunately, you know, to everybody involved, but particularly the child. And it's just heartbreaking that, um, you know, it's, it's messy regardless when you go through a divorce, but then if you have a court system that ultimately favors somebody over the other, just based off of gender, uh, which is ironic given the situation where <laughs> you're yeah. in a battle over gender, once again, um, it's just very unfair. And uh, I mean, just to, give an example of it, like put the shoe on the other foot. She gives birth. You take away your son for the next 18 months and you don't allow her to see him. You'd be in jail. It'd be 100%. kidnapping, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, I mean, what, what was the justification for the incredible delay in being able to even meet your boy? Um, from who the court or her? Yeah. Or... Well, I mean, sure. I, I assume, she didn't want to because she just didn't want you to be in his life. I, but maybe there's something more complex. Yeah, it was, it was that essentially and some false allegations mixed in with just COVID made everything take longer. And they, she also uh, used that as a way to try to, you know, make it take longer or say it can't happen because of COVID this or that. Okay. And the but, court went, went along with that for the most part. I mean, it seems as if you would have to make a really serious accusation and, and have evidence 
to be able to withhold a father from meeting their son for a year and a half. It, is there more to this story that I should be asking about, or is it just as simple as that, that she just asserted it and, and there was nothing else there? I really think in this particular instance, like COVID had a lot to do with it mm. um, as well. She asserted some things. Yeah. But that didn't even come to court until we ended up having a hearing really. And I mean, so you didn't even get a hearing for over a year. Yeah. It was just negotiation between attorneys and, and thank, wow. thank God I actually got a, a pro bono attorney at the time. And that was just unbelievable that he was able to help me. So what, what has, I mean, just for my audience's sake, go, go a little bit more into detail as to what the courts have said. Um, did you, did you present to them the, the issue of her raising him in a non-binary fashion and, and how did the judge respond or did they refuse to address it entirely? Or what's, what's the, what's the court system doing with these types of issues at this point? So regarding that, I did bring it up. It was not one of our main points. Um, we have higher safety concerns that we were presenting to the court than that. But in that particular thing, the court essentially just ruled they don't have the right to rule on that. And that was it. Do you think that that's just California law or is that nationwide? Do you have, I, you probably don't even know, but I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, you hear horror stories, right? Like the the guy in Texas, Jeff Younger. Right. Right. And they actually are ruling like into transitioning a kid. And that was Texas, now California. So apparently it's possible. But in this particular instance that, you know, he's young, uh, he hasn't expressed any of that. I don't I'm not sure what the court thinks. Well, it's we'll it see. is a really it is a really complicated issue as someone who, you know, doesn't trust the court system and, and doesn't really trust the cops. If I'm being honest, I don't really want to get the courts involved if like a mom wants to put her son in a dress, but at the same time to ignore the fact that that could be damaging and likely is, is a, is a stretch too. So like, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is here. Well, I think that that'd be like the libertarian argument is that you don't really want the government involved, but I think this is a perfect example where the government has to do something. The government's base job is to like protect the citizens. Right. And I would say our all of our job, including them, would be to protect kids the most. They're the most wonderful, innocent things that deserve the most protection. That's why this matters so much to me. Not even just my son, but everyone. Of course. So. No, I, I agree with that entirely. My point is, say it's not a a separated household. Sure. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> say it's uh <laughs> all right, we're back. Um, say it's a a couple that's in San Francisco or whatever, and they want to raise their kids this way. Is it like, would it be better to have them removed from the home? You know, these are really like next level precautions to take um, that I'm not sure putting a child into the system would be a net benefit to them over them being raised in a very non-traditional fashion. Um, that's, that's where I get concerned because, you know, if you have any experience with, cps or you know <laughs> like right. the 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 homes that they put these kids in it's like those aren't happy futures either so um that's that's really my concern with having the the justice system or the the cops get involved it's like i i wish i mean obviously there, you're gonna have issues where there's a divorce and sometimes the parent is genuinely mentally ill and a danger to their child in which case yes i think that the state does have a role 
in protecting right. the child. It's just in this particular instance where it's like, I'm just going to put them in clothes that they don't want. It's like, well, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, I'd, I'd push back a little. I mean, we could look at Washington right now, right? And they just passed a law, if I'm not mistaken, that if you don't affirm your child's fake gender, that oh, that's true. Yes, can literally take the kid from you. So well, I don't. Well, that, that's problem. obviously insane. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, I, the fact that that passed in a real state in America is mind blowing. But if that's the law, I mean, I, I personally believe that there's no reason why we shouldn't um, have the government or CPS or whoever involved if you're forcing something like gender ideology onto a kid. Because I mean, let's just look at kids that do that sort of thing. The suicide rate is unbelievable, and and most of them. I'm not sure, I guess, if we're specifically speaking on like actually transitioning them versus like non-binary, but let's say you're actually transitioning them. I mean, most Oh, kids... no, I oppose that entirely. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I mean, most people do, um, even the Democrats I know, but like when kids do that, they grow out of it up to 94% of the time. It depends on the study. Some say 80, some say the most recent one on boys was an 88%, you know, these kids are most likely to, to grow out of it. So why are we like push something through that they're going to grow out of. And I agree. I, I mean, particularly with, you know, any sort of, um, you know, medicine or surgeries, God, no. I mean, uh, any of those things I think are, are obviously areas where the state has a responsibility to be involved. Uh, obviously I would prefer that it not be an issue at all. Uh, but if right. you have a parent who's dead set on doing such a thing or, in many cases, teacher that's advising these children down this path. Uh, I think that that is all, honestly, it's criminal behavior in my estimation, but um, it's just such a new phenomenon that it's like, I don't feel like we have any laws on the books to actually address this type of situation. When in talking to your attorneys, did they give you guidance as to how this might be handled? Or was it just like, let's just get 50-50 custody and that's the best we can hope for? Or what did they well, say? No, I mean, that's how it started. But my, my attorney now, as it was actually the first ever attorney I had pro bono. Now, now I pay him, but originally I got him. He chose my case. He didn't have to. It was like a state or city program. I'm not sure exactly, but I qualified for it. He chose my, my case, thankfully, and helped me out. Yeah. Thank I mean, goodness for that guy. It was something, you know, he's like, look, we're in San Francisco. That's not something we're going to focus on. Um, <clears throat> so we do mention it. Um, but it's not, again, the biggest thing. And as far as I know, he was talking to me about the appeal that we're doing because right now there was a trial, five days, witnesses, everything. And then there was a decision two months later that just kept custody 50-50 basically. So nothing changed essentially. Were you going for full custody? Yeah. And and vice versa? Was she um, as well? She might've asked for like majority or something. <clears throat> she wasn't really going for full custody. I don't oh, interesting. Believe. It was more, it was more me going for that. Okay. I was just yeah. curious. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the problem is that your attorney did the right thing, but ultimately we need like, uh, I forget what the word is, but you know, case law that is on the books that gives other fathers or mothers for that matter, uh, in this situation, an opportunity or, or a, a pathway to actually protecting their child. Cause it is, uh, you know, if you have an abusive parent, obviously you can get CPS involved and in, in the cops and everything else. But if it's if it's not abuse <laughs> because it's it, it's verbal and it's putting them in clothes that they don't want or putting makeup on them, it's like, man, that is uh, 
that is such a, a gray area that is really complicated. And I, I just, I don't trust the court system to be able to handle it well. Um, at least that's my concern, but I, I, a hundred percent on board with you in terms of banning any sort of, you know, permanent, uh, alterations to the child's, you know, chemistry, like biological makeup or their, their brain chemistry or anything like that. I think that's totally insane to do that to a kid, but the, the, the middle ground is the area that I find the, the most challenging in terms of like how you actually address that safely. Um, anyways, uh, what, what is the, uh, is your son on good terms with her? It's like, it, it would seem to me like that would probably rub him the wrong way after a while. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it upsets him. Um, but I, I imagine they have good times together still. Okay. Good. Maybe it's ups and downs, <laughs> but I hope I don't particularly know what happens, but hopefully it's, there's love in there also. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. Are, are you able to, are you on good enough terms with her to have, you know, extended conversations to actually see how you guys might be able to work through this? Or is this kind of just like battle lines have been drawn and you're both in your own separate corners? We can talk a little bit about some things, but I would say for this, it's more like battle drawn, battle lines are drawn. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, these, these things are irreversible, uh, the surgeries and hormones, right? Yeah. And as far as I know, you're mentioning case law. Uh, as far as I know, there's no case law established yet. Otherwise, we would have brought that up. Right. But, so my case could be one where they in, in the appeals court or wherever it goes, there where they could establish some law, perhaps, because I think we really need it. Yeah. Well, what what law would you like to see? I mean, uh, since I'm struggling so hard with it, you've had a lot more time to think about this than I have. So what what do you think would be the best formulation to actually prevent the next situation like this that you cannot change a kid's gender unless they're 18 so but i'm saying oh so you're just saying in terms of like physically or do you mean uh, in a clothing everything i mean it's tough to want to draw the line that you can tell someone what to wear right oh that that's um, that's so, what i was bringing up yeah right, right so it's it's tough i mean if if it was up to me just totally right now I would, I'd be on board with just getting rid of all of it entirely because I would think that would be more of a net good than net bad. Um, but I could see the argument like if someone wants to wear certain clothes and that's all it is, that they should probably be allowed to do that. Yeah, I think it is an interesting, I mean, that that's that's the part of it that I was struggling with is like, yeah, I, I really don't want the state to tell a parent what they have to dress their kids in. But it's like, I think it's kind of undeniable that if you dress your boy and something he doesn't want to wear and you call him a name he doesn't want to hear and you do that for years on end uh there's no doubt that there's going to be issues that stem from that and i it's just such a brutal <laughs> such a brutal gray area where like i just i simply don't know how to handle that and and it it doesn't sound as if she's she's attempting to you know use any sort of medications on him right I haven't heard of anything like that. And to your point about, you know, like the, the gray area, I mean, like we already all agree that the government can force parents to do something. Do you have to literally feed your kid or house your kid? Sure. Or they will get taken from you. Right. So it's not out of the world, out of this world to say that we can do make parents do things that are best for the kids. Right. So I, I do think there's an argument to be made that we could make it illegal for parents to do this to their children. Well, it ain't going to happen in California. I can tell you that, but, <laughs> but I could see it happening in some other um, conservative. I can see, honestly, I'm in Florida right now. I could see DeSantis passing a bill like that. Uh, just given these types of horror stories. Have you been in contact with that other father? I, I, you mentioned his name earlier, the one in Texas. 
Jeff Younger. Uh, he said he was going to call me. I haven't heard back yet. I'm waiting on it. I've been, but I've been in contact with a lot of different fathers going through similar things. Okay. Well, let's and, let's get. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, so you were saying like other states, like I believe it's 19 states now, have passed laws stopping you know gender transition of children, puberty blockers, and surgery, sex change surgery. Right. 19, I believe, which is amazing. Yeah, I think that's it's unfortunately necessary because this is a, an increasing trend. Um, so bizarre, you know, I don't know what age you are, but I just turned 40 and it's like, I just can't even believe that this is a discussion I'm having where it's like, no, no, we, uh, we should be giving, you know, kids life-changing drugs. But I guess if, if you look in hindsight and you see how many kids were put on psychotropic medications, uh, even my generation, you know, putting everybody on Ritalin and antidepressants right. at, at younger and younger ages, it's like, this is kind of the natural progression of, of feeling as if we can basically medicate any ailment away. And it's like just so obviously false, but um, this trend should have been pushed back against a long time ago, in my opinion. What do you think? I totally agree with you. And I do think <clears throat> kids are way over medicated for sure. But, um, and what you just said at the end, I think you're right. It should have this, should have that. But to be honest with you, now's the time. We have, of course. I think we have all this momentum. People are finally seeing it, how, how common it is, how much it's happening. I'm ready to stand up for it. You know, we're at like a moment in history where it's like, we're going to either stop it now. We're going to either be viewed, looked back upon as cowards or people that protected children. And I right. want to be looked back at some upon as someone who protected children. I'm all in on it. I think we need to do it regardless. That's, that's, yeah, no, that's reasonable, man. And particularly given your situation, I can understand, you know, taking a hardline stance on it. And uh, generally I'm with you. You know, I, I think, I think that this is, this is a trend that is going to leave carnage in its wake. You know, you're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of kids that when they become young adults and, you know, even get up into my age, it's like they're going to be irreparably damaged by this very narrow period of our history as a people. And it's really sad because, you know, it's their, it's the adults in their lives that are guiding them down these paths. And that's just, that's just so contrary to how it's supposed to work. You know, you're supposed to have people that give you sound advice and make you embrace and love yourself as you are, how you were born. Um, and it's just, that's not, that's not the message of today that many, many, many millions of kids are receiving is that, you know, if you feel at all uncomfortable with your body, well, perhaps it's the wrong body. <laughs> like that, that is to me, it's, 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 a particularly unique evil because it it masks itself in one of love and compassion and acceptance but yep. in truth what it's teaching the child is to not love or be compassionate for themselves and i think that's really heartbreaking it is really heartbreaking i mean that's the one thing you you would want to do more than anything is make have someone be happy with who they are and even the left actually preaches that right so exactly it's very interesting um, and, and to be honest, everyone's confused or, or feels weird in their body and puberty, right? That's a normal, I sure did <laughs> human thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and it's like, it, there's, and there's no other illness where we give into this, right? Like if your daughter's anorexic, you don't let her not eat dinner. No, you have to support her in her refusal to eat. <laughs> it's right. Like, so what what not, are we talking about? Right. We would never do that. <clears throat> schizophrenic, you don't like go along like, oh, I hear the voices too. Or if someone has like this <laughs> oh, dysphoria of limbs, 
Right. Doctors can't cut your hand off when you're like, no, I'm sure I feel like it's not there. They're going to be like, no, I can't do that. Well, how is a young boy's penis or, or young girl's breast any different than that? I, I genuinely see no, no difference. Yeah. And doctors are happy to do that. Well, imagine, imagine if, how how crazy a schizophrenic person would be if you if you started telling them, yes, I hear those voices, too. And yes, we should do whatever the voices say. It's like, man, uh, it's really dark. And right. I, I don't know. I don't know how I honestly don't understand how this ideology has taken hold in such a a broad way, other than to say that, you know, far too few people that held on to any sort of rational thought stayed silent for far too long. And kind of the crazies are running the insane asylum yeah. or how whatever the saying, however the saying goes, you know. All, I mean, all it takes for like evil to win is good men to do nothing, right? And that's what's yeah. been happening. People are too scared to speak up. Like I said earlier, you know, even all the Democrats I know, they're all against this stuff. I don't right. like everyone thinks this is totally insane, and yet we're just letting it happen. It's just, it's just a lack of courage. We need more courage, and we need to stop it. Yeah. Well, I think I think that the, I mean, social media certainly plays a role. As you said, she was posting that online. Uh, you know, when she first found out she was pregnant, there's a lot of like in-group signaling and virtue signaling that goes along with child rearing. And I can't even begin to express how disappointing that is. <laughs> like that yeah. your your child is an accessory to your lifestyle as opposed to being your pride and joy. You know, the focus of, of why you exist on this earth. It's just so, um, it's so backwards and so sick. And I think that this is obviously, uh, I'm not referencing you know, the mother of your child in particular, I'm, this is a broad issue where there's a lot of people that, that are no longer focused on being a parent for the sake of like, just love. And that's what you're there to do. Um, and it's more kind of a social, um, status almost. It's, it's weird. Have you, have you seen that trend too? Or am I just oh, totally. no, that's hallucinating exactly, it? That's exactly what it is. Okay. I mean, people are like virtue signaling so that they, they look cool or whatever to have people comment on their social media you're so brave and wonderful right. you're having your kid be non-binary and the reality is is that's selfish and that's demented and it's not okay yeah well and then you have some you know under 18 year olds that have actually had surgeries and right um fortunately it's not an astronomical figure but it is significant and <clears throat> i just for the life of me i don't know how how these doctors are going along with it. I don't know how it's not illegal to be honest. Like it just, to me, it like if you were doing breast aug augmentation on a 15 year old or a 16 year old, you'd be like, you go to prison. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck is this happening? Um, it shouldn't be any different. Yeah. It's, it's really mystifying to me, but uh, you know, on the, on the inverse of this, just to steel man, the other side's argument is that they say, um, you know, suicide rates are extraordinarily high and you have to basically assist these kids however they deem fit. Uh, as you know, as well as I do, uh, it post surgery and post, uh, medicine, you still have an astronomically high, you know, suicide or suicidal ideation rate. Um, so at that point, I think it just comes down to like, what studies do you believe? Uh, and unfortunately, right. we can't even agree on that. If you just lived through the last three years, you know damn well, scientific studies are, are now partisan in nature too. Um, yep. How do we bridge this gap, man? Do you have any any ideas beyond uh, you know taking over your local political office and, and doing something like that? 
Well, regarding the suicide thing, I mean, these doctors or psychologists, they use it as blackmail to the parents. Like, oh, you have to do this. Like, would you rather have a dead son or a transgender daughter right, or right. whichever way they say it? And that's insane, first of all. And if that was true, then we could look at history. Like, where's before this happened, just like, what, 10 years ago and all the way back? Where's all this skyrocketing suicide of kids? No, it's now. Now there's the most suicide kids have ever had. And there's yep. even there's recent studies out of Europe, I believe, that showed a slight increase in suicide after transitioning. You know, you see all these detransitioners, Chloe Cole, who's amazing, or whoever, and they're they're so unbelievably brave. Um, I what we need to do is we we make it illegal and we say no more. You're not gonna abuse kids, it's not happening. Yeah. Well, I I just think unfortunately the odds of that occurring in, you know, the blue strongholds, New York, California, handful of others, uh, obviously Oregon and Washington, Jesus right. Christ. Um, I think that, you know, ultimately your only option is to, to get out of those States, which is what I did. I, I fled to Florida cause I, nice. I couldn't handle the lockdowns, but I had no idea that this type of stuff was even a possibility. It makes me feel much happier that I got out of there, obviously given your, you know, co-parenting status, you're not able to leave. Um, are you, are you going to look into, you know, some sort of political activism to, to try and make a, a legal change moving forward? I'm totally game for being involved in the process of getting laws changed or testifying to the government or anything it takes. Yeah. Considering starting like a nonprofit to fight this sort of thing. I'm all in, like I said, on protecting kids. I think this is the most important issue. I care about a lot of issues, Right. You know, first, second amendment, all these things. But that is the number one to me because it's just denying basic reality. Like if we don't have that, we don't have anything else. It's just, they're literally trying to tell us to not believe our own eyes. It's like 1984 or something. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's 1984 in a lot of ways, friend, <laughs> I mean, yeah. including the fact that everything I do is uh, being recorded by the government. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm How very many FBI guys are watching us right now. Do you think? Oh, plenty. I mean, at least two, because I've had them on the show. Uh, hi, Kyle. Okay. Um, yeah, but they're actually heroes. They're they're whistleblowers. So I'm. Nice. <laughs> they're some of the good ones. Um, yeah, man. I I I really am concerned about the trajectory. Like, I I just think that like, you know, we don't even have the manifesto from that the trans Tennessee school right. or uh, school slash religious school shooter. Um, and I have a feeling that you know what what that manifesto uh, consisted of may have been some of our worst fears as to, you know, how, how this type of rearing, you know, what it, what it does to someone's psyche. And, and uh, I just feel, I just really feel like it's a ticking time bomb. Like you're just, you're raising a bunch of, uh, some of these people undoubtedly will go on to live happy lives and God bless them. I'm not yep. even, I'm not trying to, to, you know, make this a truly like us versus them type of thing. I don't feel that way at all. Um, but I am very nervous about those that are put on this path and it is not in align in alignment with their own internal belief system and their own preferences, like their own genuine preferences, um, because they're being manipulated because they're children, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the the outcome from that in terms of self-harm or projecting that harm against civilization uh, is is a, a real deep fear of mine, honestly. And I know I know that sounds kind of crazy, but um I think there's reason for concern. It's terrifying. I mean, they, they've seen there's been what four or five non-binary slash transgender school shooters, or I don't know if it was in school, but yeah, something like that. Shootings, yeah, uh, that got attention. It's it's crazy. I mean, the 
that proves that they're not mentally right in the head on its face. And then beyond that, it's like, what medications are, are they taking? This yeah. you mentioned earlier, we're over taking medication. And the third thing that we brought up way earlier is, do they have a dad? I, I've, I've read, I don't know that this is a fact, but that a lot of these school shooters don't have dads. And when you look, it's something I really think we need to work on again as a country because agreed single mothers run these households like 82% of the time. I think dads win custody 18%. And when you look at the stats, it's like, homeless, drug addicted, prison, suicide, all these things, vast majority, like 70, 80% will be single mother households. And then when you look at single dads, believe it or not, they're right on par with the success rate of a two parent mom and dad household. Hmm. So, yeah, no, I know, I know the trend line is, is absolutely horrible if you don't have both parents, a mother and father. Um, but yeah, the, the fathers are usually the one that, that if there is going to be a missing parent, it's probably the father. And right. I think the consequences of that are, you know, empirically detrimental. Like it's just provable that it's. But we're incentivizing very... it, right? Like why? Yes. Or why? Why? Yeah, you agree. So why? Why do you think we have that the single mom dad problem? Yeah, well, I, I mean, many people, including myself, would point to the the welfare state and, um, you know, the fact that you basically incentivize people to separate so that they can get additional, um, you know, financial assistance for not having a father to care right. for the, the kids. Um, it's, it's an interesting quandary because it's like, obviously there are situations where the father is a deadbeat and he runs away and then the mother's like, you know, starving or barely able to keep the kids fed. Um, right. and, but I, I think that if you make that a, a top down solution where you have the state just go like, Oh, you have five kids, you get, 2,500 bucks, you get 500 bucks per kid or whatever. I don't know how it works. Right. Um, I don't know the dollar amount, I should say. Uh, I think that, that that is clearly just puts an incentive structure in place that's really detrimental where you're going to start to see people that are having kids for the purposes of just getting additional money and also pushing the father away to make sure that that gravy chain train stays a coming. And it's right. like that that is just awful and borderline evil, if I'm being honest. But it, it's uh, I'm sure there's other reasons that it's happened in terms of... Um, you know, just community. Uh, but my, my personal fix would be that I think that really we were way better off when, if a mother was left in that sort of position, the church would intervene because the church is actually able to, to study the situation intimately and say like, okay, yeah, the father is actually gone. Like now we're going to lend financial assistance to you. Um, if it's not the case where she's like just kicking an otherwise loving father out of the house to get additional money, the church would be like, well, we're not going to support that. So right. I think that's, it, it requires some sort of judgment and the state's just not good at that. That's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you one, I'm, I'm totally on board with like food stamps or whichever different terms they have for it. Now, I think that's a great one to have for single parents, but as far as all this like child support and alimony and just ridiculous numbers, completely biased again, helping the mothers or um, I think that's, just getting out of hand and that's incentivizing people. I think we, I think we need to start rewarding or incentivizing two parent households. I think that could help a lot. Well, a tax break or whatever they get. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I can't get on board with that because I'm, I'm, because I'm ultimately an anarchist. (laughs) I want to see the state. I I mean, the the state doesn't have anything to give us without taking it first. So it's like Mm -hmm. that just basically ensures uh, additional taxes, but we're already being taxed to death and and most of it doesn't go towards any, any of these good ideas you might present. It's ultimately going to be, 
you know, grafted upon and, and lifted by the corporate interests that are, you know, in bed with the government or, or the politicians themselves half the time. Um, so I, 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 I'll grant what, you though, like what, if, what do we if, do then though? Cause I mean, either, cause we're, I don't, I think you have to, res- you have to remove the incentive structure. You have to remove the incentive. Stru- though. Yeah. I mean, you have to remove the incentive structure of we're going to, we're not going to give you government checks. Like you have to remove the welfare state okay. and then, and then it requires, I mean, this is a much harder fix. Like I would say that what you're prescribing is a bandaid, whereas I'm trying to give like an actual, right. like get to the bottom of it, uh, get the bullet out of the wound type of deal and like put stitches on it. It's yeah. a much more painful experience, but I think it's ultimately the best thing for the patient is to say, this is the reason that we've gotten here is because these, these enormous state programs have fucked up our incentive our way of like viewing the world and and totally. far far too few people are taking responsibility for themselves everybody thinks that they should be taken care of by the state and like that is really not what america was founded on it was supposed to be like we are here to be free and to strive and succeed based off of our merit and if we fall flat that's on us and that's right. just that's not who we are anymore at least uh, a huge percentage of our population doesn't feel that anymore and i I'm very concerned about the trajectory of things because I think that we're modeling our government more and more after the CCP in China. And right. I feel like it's, if we continue to just try and, you know, tinker around the edges and no, 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 we let's more have a, more programs, more and more. Taxes. Yeah. Let's have financial incentive to get someone to be a good father. It's like, nah, man, we got it. We have to find a better fix. And that. that's just my read of it. But I, 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 think I, I read of it. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And I think that's a really good point. I'm, I'm at some point, I, I don't I don't think it's realistic to say that it's going to be total anarchy like Michael Malice wants or, or whatever, right? right? Though I, I think he's absolutely brilliant and I struggle to find anything I even disagree with him on. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. But I, I, I'm just trying to think of like what can actually happen that we could vote in and change that's not going to cause catastrophic, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think effect. that the truth is, is that once the system is so sick, the only remedy is immense pain and and because we are not the type that wants to take on the, the short-term pain to alleviate the long-term ailment, um, it's very unlikely that we will. And I, I, I think that that's why empires fall usually right. is that, you know, people are just, they're going to kick the can as long as possible. They're going to continue to apply band-aids as opposed to like holistic treatment. And, and I think that's probably why we'll end up bankrupt and have, you know, a right. full print, print trillions of dollars a year more all exactly. the time, constantly. It, Exactly. And and that's why empires oftentimes end in a hyperinflationary death spiral because the government re- is a is a reflection of the voting populace. The voting populace is a product of their governance, but ultimately neither side of that wants to take a couple of hard years to right. alleviate the issue that's going to you know be catastrophic for decades if we don't. Um, so I think that's probably where we're headed. <laughs> Sadly, I know it makes me sound like a doomer, but I'm just, I feel like I'm just being realistic. That's probably what's going to happen. Interesting. Yeah. I'm a little more white pilly, a little more optimistic. I don't know how it's going to happen though, to be fair, but I do believe, especially on this transgender stuff, I, I think it's trending. Oh in the yeah. Right way. You look at what is a woman and Matt Walsh and all these people. Right. I think it's clear that it's, we're trending that way. And I think that's really great as far as civilizationally and over taxes and over printing of money. Right. I don't know what's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Definitely doesn't look good. No, no, that, that I, I actually, I agree with you entirely. I, I think that there's way more reason to be hopeful that there might be some semblance of sanity that comes back to us when it comes to, you know, 
hey, maybe we shouldn't be permanently altering children. <laughs> like that, right. that, that seems like an idea that we should all be able to get on board with. Yeah. So far, we haven't been able, but I think we might. As far as us stopping printing money and stop uh, debasing our currency and burying ourselves in debt, uh, I don't think that that's a trend that's going to change unless you know someone from my camp gets elected, which I don't see happening. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Man, what a what a crazy story. Uh so are is your is your son um happy, healthy, everything good for yeah, now? Totally healthy, happy, strong little boy. Awesome. He's absolutely man. amazing. He loves everything that I would wish he would love. He just likes everything that I find <laughs> cool. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> but what's what's his uh do you guys play sports together? I mean, he's so young, oh, I don't even know if you can no, do that. At- Totally. He can do the monkey bars already. I mean, he does, he loves hockey, wrestling, football, baseball, lacrosse. Love it. Do. He plays some, I play music. I write songs. He does some guitar and piano. He'll sing my songs or just songs I like even. Oh, it's adorable. It's, it's unbelievable. It, yeah. He's remarkable in every way. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm appreciative of, of, you know, fathers like you that are, are willing to, to fight because a lot, a lot of dads do walk away just because it's such a nightmare. Uh, right. to go through the court system and, and, and have this fight. Um, to so. be their kid's uncle <clears throat> once a week or once a month. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it is, I think that's something we could work on for sure is yeah. the court system being more fair. Oh God, I wish man. And you know, it's just so, it's so miserable. I mean, the court system is miserable period, but then when you're like your child's, you know, well being hangs in the balance Right. I, I can't even fathom that level of torture because I just hate interacting with the government, period. And then if I had to do that to like actually possess my own child, it's like I can't even imagine. I, I'm sure a lot of a lot of dads go completely crazy For going sure. through yeah. it. How how have you weathered this storm? I'm sure it's been taxing. It's very hard. I mean, I think being brave about this story with Daily Wires is unbelievable. And I'm so thankful to them and hell yeah. People like you helping me out, but uh I exercise every day, listen to music, just yeah. try to do things that keep you on like the right path, generally eat healthy and stuff like that. So that for I sure. just have the best shot at being in the best state of mind that I can be for all of it. You know, you just have to accept the responsibility. This is what it is. Like Jordan Peterson would say, like, I'm, right. I'm ready for it. I'm just going to be a man and just take it on. And that's yep. what I've been doing. And I'm going to continue to do for my son. Love it, man. Make your bed. And then, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then step two, Oh right. man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you at least got half custody and, and I hope, I hope that you guys can, um, you know, co-parent in a way that, that is ultimately to the net, you know, the ultimate benefit of your, of your child. It's, uh, it's the most important duty in my opinion that we are ever, you know, offered on this earth. So, um, you, you seem, you, you seem like a great dad and, and I, I really, I really do hope that the the harshest or the hardest part of this story is behind you and not in front of you. I hope so too. And I think that's a thank you. And that's a great word to use duty. We were talking about different uh, problems we have in society. I think men or people generally need to have more of a sense of duty yeah. about doing the right thing. I think we're lacking that. I agree, I man. That's really important. That That's one thing that uh, actually I'll ask you about that before we get out of here. Um, Vivek or Vivek Ramaswamy, um, he, I'm scheduling with him to have him on the show and he, he's, uh, he's floated this idea of mandatory, you know, duty of some sort, not necessarily like enlistment as like the Israelis do. Um, but, but some sort of civil duty. And 
I'm personally, you know, as you know, I've already said I'm an anarchist. I don't want the state to be able to obligate me to do anything, pay taxes or anything. Um, but I, it is an interesting idea just simply because, I mean, this is, again, you know, what I would describe as a bandy. Like we have a, a, a root cultural problem. And I don't think that you can mandate that from the state to go like, you need to love your country again and you need to do this. Right. It's like, it's like, that's just, that's not how it works. Like we loved our country because our country treated us right. And now our country doesn't because they locked yeah. us in our homes for two years. So like y'all have to actually, you know, clean up your own, uh, you have to make your own bed <laughs> and then, then we won't be so anti-American moving forward. But um, anyways, what any solutions <clears throat> for some of these things that aren't band-aids that also don't involve the entire collapse of the country? Cause you keep saying that, but I, I mean, what's like the, <clears throat> no, no, what's, I, a, what's a way we could like do it without such devastation and whatever. You well, want. I, I don't think that, and I know that, you don't want like bad things to happen. I just, no, of course, I'm just of course. curious, like what you, I think maybe yeah. The the truth, the truth is, is that there is no silver bullet. There is no easy fix to any of this because it's it's decades, if not centuries, long like degradation of civilization. Um, In my estimation, it largely begins in 1913 with the the founding of the Federal Reserve and and the beginning of our our debt cycle. I think ultimately that's the reason that we we migrated away from a, a a single income earner to a dual income earning household where you didn't have one of the parents that was looking after the children. I think that that's a product of inflation largely. And then obviously you have globalism that also plays a role in that in terms of like opening up more competition for labor, which diminishes, um, you know, pay income. Um, so it, the fed could be a solution then or the IRS, oh yeah. an IRS and fed or something. Oh, of course. Yeah. That would be that enormously. Sense. Yeah. That'd be enormously positive. Um, but that wouldn't be without pain. I mean, there would be a very, very steep recession for a few years, no doubt. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that like, well, I have some answers. They're just politically untenable. You're not going to have the people vote to be like, Hey, do you want to be poor for the next two years? You know? Cause like that's right. going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it's what we need to do. So, like, you just you basically have to have, um, you know, just such a popular figure. Like Donald Trump is actually the type of guy that could have done something like this because he was he had such a cult following behind right. him that he could have just been like, "Hey, I'm going to do some things that you probably think are crazy, but it's actually to our benefit, and it's going to be hard, but we'll get through it." Like, you need real leadership, is I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and I think to an extent, Vivek has that. Like, I think he's capable of that, but I do not think that mandating that the government owns me for two years of my life in terms of, you know, I don't know, whatever, picking up trash or side of a highway or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know what his plan is exactly, but um, I just don't think that that's how you, I don't think that's how you reinstill patriotism by mandating right. someone be a ward of the state for a couple of years. So I don't know. I think I lean towards with you on that one. That's yeah. like, where I'll draw the line. Like that's too much government forcing yeah. it to do things. It's, it's really hard, a hard line to draw. Like when is it okay? And when is it not? Well, I mean, Generally, but, you want them to have as little as power as possible, but we're, right. all we have is like more and more. I mean, we new laws all the time. We don't delete the old ones. We just keep making more. Keep oh, making I think, more. I, I think that's a great constitutional one. amendment is that every, every law that gets passed, you have to exactly. abolish two, two. That'd be wonderful. I, th- I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm willing to go higher 10, 20. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think that that would be a reasonable, um, you know, constitutional amendment or something like that to to diminish the power of the state because it's just getting to be so extravagant. And I mean, the the real just to be, and I'll I'll tell Vivek this if I or when I have him on. Um, you know, my real concern is like if okay, so say Vivek's in there 
and they implement that and the american people accept it they acquiesce to these what i think are you know very overbearing demands that you have two years of your young adult life that are in some way dedicated to the state uh okay well then what if you know joe biden or hillary clinton is the president in 2028 and she wants to have world war three do you think that they're they're not going to use that as a instant mechanism for a, a new draft well, they're going to draft us anyway at that point, but true. I agree, I agree though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it just puts us like one step closer and I'm like, right. I want zero steps closer to world war three. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting time, but I, I, it is. I do, I do think that like more and more people are starting to, um, I hate, I hate when people say this, but wake up, you know, like I, I feel like they are like there's they are. no, I, I know so many people. It's so true. I, people are waking up all over. Like I said, Democrats, everyone right. are waking up. What, when are the Democrats going to start speaking out? I mean, I know there's some Kim Iverson and a, a handful of others come to mind, but like, when are they going to say, okay, yeah, this is definitely too far. Like we are actually going to risk being ostracized from our right. social network to speak out. Well, the problem is, is there's a huge divide between Democrats, like people like you and me versus the elected officials. Now the elected officials appear right. in my estimation to be pretty radically to the left, not on par with what their voters believe at all. Right. So yeah. it's kind of a big line there. And I think that's kind of the problem. I agree. I think that's a, a, a really complicated issue that I don't know if we have time to Did you see the vote. They voted all the Democrats voted no on banning men from women's sports just to get in the transgender thing again. It, like we were saying how this is all so crazy. It's like hard to even believe like that's another example or, or prisons are a good example too. If you've seen that, yeah, it's man. like, how are we even debating that someone can cheat and steal women's scholarships and trophies and go into prisons with women? I mean, it's like, it's really, well, okay. it's not just, it's not just unfair. It's actually dangerous. I think that's the thing that like gets overlooked a lot totally. is that, and I don't just mean like, oh, you could have some crazy dude who says he's a chick and then he goes in there and he's, you know, a rapist or something. I'm saying yeah. like, like you've there's Fallon Fox, like there's a yep. biological male who's fighting women. Now, granted, I think that it is at least honorable that she has declared that she is formally he and and like they at least that when they sign the contract, they know. They but, yeah. yeah, but that's like that's dangerous, dude. Like you have yep. a biological male you know, frame, you know, imagine, like imagine either of us hitting a woman. Like it's horrifying. It's, it's a horrifying thought. And like, no matter if they're professional fighters or not, I'm just a much bigger human being. You know, like like right. I'm just built different. So um, I really think that you're going to have instances of people getting, you know, physically like. Well, really... we are. Like Fallon Fox fractured that, that chick. Oh, that's right. Mistaken. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, but I'm, but I mean like we could have some permanent damage that, that happens, not just uh like short-term severe injuries. Uh, right. Oh man. Yeah. It's just, it does. It just feels like the, the wheels have fallen off our, our brains. <laughs> like, <They have. laughs> like, like people are just not thinking rationally. It, this, uh, the fact that like, you know, Joe Rogan has had to spend like the last five years <laughs> of his life speaking out against this type of insanity. Right. Um, because he's like, he's like, look, I have watched more, MMA fights than any human being on the face of the planet. Trust me when I tell you a low level man in the UFC mops the floor with the champion, uh, you know, in any women's division ever. Right. Like that's just how it is. And you know, it's just, it's just reality. Um, yeah. so I, I think you're right though, that like Matt Walsh, that documentary, 
has has woken a ton of people up and I, I think that a lot a lot more as people like start to realize that this is a much more pervasive issue as opposed to these like one-off anecdotes like right. there's this is a real systemic issue where you have you know hundreds and thousands of teachers not hundreds of thousands but hundreds and thousands like thousands of teachers that are really pushing a yep. a progressive sexual ideology on young impressionable impressionable children that have no idea how dangerous it can be for them moving forward and uh i mean this is i would say you should abolish public schools but you would say uh just ban ban in the curriculum well, i'd imagine i'm not gonna i don't particularly want to put my son in public school so i'm not there you I'm go against you on that i mean hey I mean, we found <laughs> common ground All right, well i know i know you're you're taking in funds for uh you know future legal battles do you have any info that you could leave with my audience on that i have a give send go set up for my attorney's fees yeah what's that called or what's uh, the info it's that's a good question. It's give, send, go. If you just look up Harrison Tinsley, give, send, go, it'll come right up. All my social oh, media is Harrison perfect. Tinsley on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that come right up and I'll have that link on there as well. Okay. It's H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-T-I-N-S-L-E-Y. Just want to make yep. sure people get the spelling right so they don't send money to the wrong person. Um, for those that are watching, uh, as always, if you guys want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. And if you want to, you can actually text me on my actual cell phone on Converso. It's the best privacy messaging app out there. That's C-O-N-V-E-R-S-O. Just search for it in the Google or Apple uh, download stores. And my phone number is 555-175-8394. Harrison, is there anything else you'd like to leave with my audience before we hop out of here? I just want everyone to be brave. Stand up for what you believe in. Yep. Stop biting your tongues. Stop being bitches. All right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Harrison. I I really seriously, man, like the fight that you've been through, um, you know, I watched my dad go through a similar thing with one of my siblings and uh, uh, I know that it takes a toll. So I'm, I'm appreciative, not only that you, that you fought then, but you're continuing to speak out now because I think it'll lend a lot of support to a lot of other fathers that probably feel as if their, their plight is being ignored. So I hope this inspires more and more parents and more and more, you know, fathers or mothers uh, to do the right thing uh, on the behalf of their children. So me too. I'll do anything. My my hat's off to you, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Stay tuned for part two with Top Lobster and Toad of Tower Gang. It's a fun one. Before I start that, I wanted to thank you guys for continuing to leave those five-star reviews. Cham Friend says, Principled. Clint is a principled guy with an open mind. Glad I discovered this great podcast. Well, thank you, Cham Friend. You are my Cham Friend. Uh, Plumy.e says, Please stop using the F word. English language is rich. I am interested in your point of view, but I can't listen to this foul language. It hurts. Mm. Well, if you hadn't given me two stars, I would stop saying fuck so much. But because you gave me two stars, fuck that, man. You gotta be better. Don't, don't, don't knock me. I'm trying to stay entertaining, you know? Some people like to have a little profanity lace tirade with their political analysis. But I'll try. I'll try and cut back. Uh, Guididim says, stunning. Incredible insight into geopolitical and domestic issues. Well, thank you, Guididim. Evan Stevoid says, four stars. Ugh, you son of a bitch. Uh, Ukraine and Crimea. Ukraine has as much of a valid claim on Crimea that Russia ever has. History is a fickle thing. At what point in time do you stop to say? The best solution is for the Donetsk, the Luhansk, and Crimea to be separate countries. Three new independent countries that are not allowed to join NATO. The Russian Federation of Ukraine for 50 years. 
to be fair, Russia should lose territory as well from within the Russian Federation. Russian republics should be allowed to vote to leave and become independent. I'm fine with all that. So I don't know why you gave me four stars. <laughs> uh, Rob Berger says, great breakdown and guests. A great show with great guests. Clint does an excellent job breaking down the issues and also asking the right questions of his guests to get a better understanding of the issues being discussed. Well, thank you, Rob Berger. And last one, five stars. The American Gorilla says, happy to five star you and follow. I ran across your podcast because at the bottom of my podcast page, I'm starting to collect other podcasts in the suggestions area. I'm glad Apple did this as I enjoyed yours. Thanks and all the best to you. Well, thank you. And I assume the name of your podcast is The American Gorilla. So hopefully this will get you some listeners too, man. Um, thank you guys so much for leaving those five-star reviews. We are now at 600 over on Apple Podcasts, not to mention a couple hundred on Spotify. Probably a thousand across all the platforms. And it's just awesome because I've only been doing this three years. And it's really uh, gratifying to see so many people you know, continue to tune in week after week and to tell friends and family about it. Without further ado, uh, enjoy my sit down with two of my best homies from Tower Gang, Toad, as well as Top Lobster. Welcome everybody to another live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. It is a motherfucking late night edition, son. Latest of late night. This is Liberty Sundown. Yeah, we're getting spicy up in this mother. Uh, so you guys may have heard, but one of my compatriots, my brothers in arms, <laughs> got got nuked from Twitter. Uh, it made news, <laughs> which is totally insane because fucking Vivek Ramaswamy, like the top five leading presidential candidate, quote tweeted my tweet saying, this doesn't, this is not a good look if a free speech platform is nuking you for a joke because Top Lobster joked about the new CEO of Twitter being launched into space. Hilarious. It was brilliant. Um, but he got, he got canned and that was like the last thing he sent out. So that was our thesis is that was, that was why. And the email they sent. We didn't know why, so I thought, hey, why don't I have the man himself explain the tale? And uh, before I do that, just a reminder that Converso is the best privacy app out there. And if you are watching this live, this is Rumble exclusive, by the way, because I am not having these lunatics on YouTube. These guys are like just guaranteed to get me nuked, so I ain't doing that. But if you want to ask them a question, because I don't even know how to see the Rumble chat, so if you want to ask them a question, you can text me on Converso. That is 555-175-8394, and it will hit my phone right there. I probably shouldn't have showed you that. Anyways, uh, 555-175-8394. You can go download Converso on Apple or Android right now. Hop on it. Without further ado, the men of the hour. First up, Top Lobster. What's up, homie? Hello. Thanks for having me at this uh, ungodly hour. Indeed. Indeed, man. <laughs> And then we got Toad, who's inexplicably here. What's up, Toad? <laughs> Dude, the only reason I'm here is because I'm such a savage that I never sleep. So it's like, yeah, I'm awake. I'll do this. Exactly. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you were willing. Jose was like, I can't stay up late. I have a job. What a fucking... You guys are all pussies. And I, I'm older than all of you guys, except Clint, so... Yeah, Cole didn't even answer. He was like, that's absurd you even asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mean, does Cole is Cole even on Twitter anymore to actually like respond to shit? I don't like it. I don't like how everyone's moving on with their life. You should stay um, irresponsible and dedicated to an internet lifestyle forever. And I feel like, you know, Reed obviously has moved on with his life entirely. He is just a New Hampshire nationalist now, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, and it's then a, Cole a had a kid. Move. Crazy. Crazy. These guys suck. Yeah. But Cole's not Cole. It's not that he's like 
like moved on from the internet. He's on he's on Instagram now, so he's spending his time yeah. there doing dumb shit. I don't Which know. Just so the it's so feminine. Yeah, I mean, is. Instagram is a really feminine pastime. Like Twitter is for like you know autists and manly nerdy dudes, and Instagram is for like dudes who carry their wives' purses. And I feel like that's that's Fat Dave's shit now. Anyways, um, yeah. so yeah, top you got you got nuked. Uh, myself, Josie, a whole bunch of people launched into action, uh, trying to get you back and you got back. So go ahead and fill, fill the audience in if they're unaware, the original tweet and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it was like mother's day or the day before mother's day. And, uh, I bought my wife out. We went out for like a nice little vacation for our anniversary and mother's day. And we don't have any kids with us. So I'm like, I'm going to tweet. And that day, <laughs> that day, I, I had my uh, my fancies tickled by Elon Musk's new CEO decision. So I decided I'm going to tweet as hilariously as possible about this <laughs> all day. Just like hanging out with my wife, we're doing stuff. And then when she's not looking at me, I'm just like the next thing, the next thing at Elon Musk, at Linda Yak, Yak My Dick or whatever her name is. <laughs> And we're just send, send, send. And I don't, I'm very careful not to cross the line, even though I do get like, I get like seven days or something like that every so often. And it's always for bullshit. It's always for like, uh, not, not even no, no words, but like things where they're like, listen, you, can't, <laughs> you made this person cry. Like, yeah, they're <laughs> like, they're like, we know what you're doing. You have, you have mastered the art of, cir of circumventing our terms of service but you're still harassing the fuck out of people and you're implying racial slurs constantly. And we just can't allow this. <laughs> like our sensors, you know, like we are spending thousands of dollars to keep up with the new racial slurs that you're constantly creating. <laughs> and at this point, it's not even feasible to have you on the website, but like, well, just Elon Musk is cool. So he's like, we'll just give you seven days. This time was not the case. I looked, uh, it was Can, like, uh, hold on real quick, real quick. Yeah. Can you imagine if they modify the terms of service to include chicken washers and like weak necks? <laughs> They said, well, let me let me get the names right of these guys. I just want to make sure that I shout them out correctly. Uh here we go. I'm sorry, this is bad. So Chris Carr, obviously, my man. We had some ups and downs. And Chris Bertram, man, uh Tim hires a lot of Chris's. And, and uh, also Bertman. Shane Cashman. Yeah, these these dudes are journalists for Tim Cast and Chris, Chris Bertman had a hilarious tweet after I got reinstated, which is kind of giving up the plot, but he's like, we move culture. And it's like, you're goddamn right. We've been saying that about Tower Gang for the longest. It's like, yo, we move culture. As that's, a matter of fact, that's what I love. I was, I was at Skanks today and I was talking with Dave and we were just chopping it up. We were talking about libertarian stuff and all that. And, and he mentioned, he's like, you know, he, we were talking about his presidential run and he was like, like, yeah, you know, I do the most offensive podcast. And I was like, second most offensive. And he was like, <laughs> That's right. you're right. You're right. So, you know, we have, we have high, high praise and accolades coming from everywhere. So that's just a, that's it. That's a good thing. Well, that's, that's nice of him to, you know, lie to us and say that we're the most offensive, but I, we try, I mean, we, we're trying harder to be offensive than they are, in my opinion. Uh, we just don't have quite the comedic chops. So it's like, it's a little, it's a little bit more raw, but I think people enjoy it. Um, so anyways, you, uh, what was the tweet that, that, I mean, the, my thesis was which tweet got you nuked? Yeah. So, uh, um, Elon tweeted something like, 
Like we're going to go and talk about Linda Yaccarino in uh, Twitter spaces. And we're going to talk about why I'm hiring her as CEO. And I just said, uh, we'd prefer if you launched her into space. Right. He says, we're going to do a Twitter spaces. And you're like, we'd prefer you launch her into space. Right. But also perfect <laughs> joke because that's Elon's business as well. I know it's, it's flawless on all like 360 degrees flawless, but it was, I think it was close. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Bow now. It was, it was close to the last tweet you sent out, I think before you got nuked or am I wrong? Um, yeah, it wasn't, it was probably maybe like I tweeted maybe five other times after that, that was just like maybe small replies to other people, but nothing, right. nothing crazy. Nothing so, that got close to the sun. A couple of N word towers that you were in around the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, was I possibly, yeah, probably. no, but that's the first thing I did when I came back because fuck you. That's why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that happened. And then I like around I was driving, I was driving back from Tampa. So like, I look at my phone after a two hour drive and I'm trying to refresh my notifications and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, either my phone's broken or this is happening. And I was like, oh, went to the homepage. It was like, yo, you're suspended. It says permanently suspended, but you can appeal. So I'm like, fuck. Uh, so I appeal and uh, within three minutes, I'll send you guys the email. Within three minutes, they send back an email that says you violated terms of service. You're not going to be reinstated. Yeah. And I was like, no, you Whoa. sent it to us. You DM'd it to us. And I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like that. I mean, you just never get a reply that quickly. So it seemed like someone hit like the nuke button. Like I'm sure, that's, you know, that's Elon's the thing. Got or something. The first email, when you appeal, it'll say like, thank you for sending right. your appeal. Uh, give us five to seven days. Cause we have a high volume. And yes. three is a three minute difference that said like, yo, fuck you. You're never coming back. here." <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'll just use this other account yeah. and uh, we'll move on. Yeah, well, so also like they, they didn't give you a specific reason for the nuking either though. Like most times said, I think they will. Yeah. It's just said violated terms of service. Like I, I I've had a seven day, like, you know, slap on the wrist and it'll be like, it's because of this thing you said, you can delete the tweet now, start your punishment. Right. And then it said, we'll see you in seven days. And that's happened, I don't know, two times, maybe three times. I, I was just, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I fly close to the sun and I say things that are, I, it's always comedy. Like I never, I, I never like threaten people online. I think it's it's stupid to do because this is like online shit. Like, right. uh, you know you know what I mean? Well, I mean, so and, and what you do is like, it is extremely threatening, but it's always in jest. <laughs> yes like I I, the, spirit, the spirit of it is vicious yeah. but it's it's masked in humor which kind of allows you to get away with it usually and uh you know my i i was convinced that that had to be the one because you had been going all day at the ceo and then they're like there's the one we can say that that's you know threatening violence to launch someone into space or i i thought it had said shoot them into outer space because that if you just say shoot her, yeah, you know, I was like, right. boom, gone. Um, but then you found the screenshot, the and I was like, all right, yeah, it, the phrasing was launch. It, I thought, you know, shoot or launch because when you when you tweet and stuff, you're kind of like you send it and then it's off, right? And that's like that's it. It's not like a fucking baby or anything. So I was like, all right, that's that, and then I'll move on and look at other stuff. So I was like, did I say shoot her into space or launch? I couldn't remember the verbiage. But uh, I, I was able to, like, like even though you suspended, you can kind of go back and see some of the stuff you said. Mm. So I was like, all right. I said, launch her in the space. 
which is very it's just hilarious objectively funny dude i'm glad you got that screenshot because i I don't think i don't think i i could have got you back or i don't think you could have gotten back if i didn't have that to put it out to be like even if even if it turns out that's not what it was i still think it probably was but even if it wasn't to have that as like this is the thing that got you killed um I think that caused the uproar that made my tweet go viral and got so many other people to to share it. I mean, you were being discussed by fucking Mario Nafal or whatever his name is um, on Twitter Spaces who does like, you know, th- tens of thousands of people will be listening to his spaces all the time. And they spent like the last 20 minutes talking about your ass. Yeah, with, so with, crazy. Uh, yeah Matt Taibbi and uh, Kim.com <laughs> were in that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we have fucking articles being written. I'm like... Yo, we move culture. That's just a fact at this point. <laughs> no, I'm surprised. I've been texting my wife. I was like, I was like, they want to write an article about me, and she's like, why? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> because I because bullshit, my Twitter because my mid sized Twitter account got canceled, honey. Of course, they want to write an article about me. This is big shit. Yeah. I, I had had another theory that I thought that because it was like kind of this like perfect storm of events that were going on that day, and uh, there was that. Uh, blue-haired neocon chick that was like going up against like all of the yeah. the good libertarians basically and i had theorized that she had actually reported you because it seemed like what what had happened was that one of your tweets got reported and then somebody at twitter like looked at it and they were like oh fuck this top lobster guy like he's one of these political <clears throat> dissidents so we're just gonna nuke his account now and then after you got nuked the blue-haired woman even though we were all blocked i saw a screenshot of this uh she had uh like quote tweeted uh i don't know i think maybe clint's tweet one of the yep. tweets uh yeah saying that she you said he found been out nuked or whatever right yeah she said he found out so which I was is like, like a reference she... to fuck around and find out right Does that oh mean wait she is this you? is this uh this is the lady with the like the fucked up nose yeah, uh, you, you can say she's okay. a Jew. <laughs> is she a Jew or an Arab? I don't, I who knows? She's... I have no idea. She said this. Uh, yeah, she said like, oh, like that, like we're racist against us. I'm not. I don't even know what your race is. Do you come from Ugglyville? Like, what the fuck? This bitch is <laughs> not. I, like, yeah. I would hesitate to even say mid. I would just say like, <laughs> yuck. What <Where> do you? <laughs> well, I'm racist against neocon journos, and that's uh, that's who she is. So. And you know what? I was nice to her. I was taking her side against Reed, which is the obvious position. Well, I was like, I'll send you a shirt. I was like, fuck this guy, Reed. I don't even like this guy. <laughs> Let's tag team that, on him. And, that's man. the that's the worst part about you know having so many unfuckable autists in our movement is that um, you know like the the girls have way outsized egos. They're like, oh yeah, because they're like maybe a five and five maybe a six <laughs> you know like but in you know on liberty twitter they're like i am a nine and you shall treat me accordingly and i'm like i will not i will not treat you accordingly <laughs> yeah yeah but on liberty twitter because so many of the people are like faggot like woke people uh like that makes me like an eight <laughs> you're just you're describing <laughs> yourself so you're the problem you're the problem oh. here you're yeah, you're you're enabling these women, you know. That's, That's a fact. Why? So, because I'm DMing all of them simultaneously. Well, we may yes. we may talk oh. about this more, but in the meantime, I'm going to play you. Uh, this is a quick interlude to make it more Tower Gang esque. Let me tell you something. Yeah. This is the last time I'm going to fucking say this shit. My rules is how the fuck I fucking say. I'm not going to fake some shit for 19 fucking years. That don't make no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <What? laughs> 
there's just nothing there's just nothing better than an asian chick talking like she's like a hard hard ghetto black bitch it's real sorry what no it's like it's hard to even like imagine that voice coming from her it's crazy <laughs> she, yo she's got it down for real fucking if i grew up in the projects i'm gonna speak how the people around me speak if i go to school with people who speak like this i'm gonna speak how i speak that's not how that's not faking or nothing like that. You a product of your environment. Y'all bitches should know that shit. And bitch, if I live in China, I damn well be speaking mad Chinese. Like, come on, this this is fucking science, bro. Like, not even science. This is ABC, motherfucker. Like, come on. You telling me I all right, so <laughs> she she's uh she's a chigger. <laughs> all right, so we have I, I want your comments now because this takes an unexpected turn. Oh, uh oh, my comments on her. Yeah. Um would be interesting to get a massage from her and then she turns around and is like yo you want that happy ending what the fuck man come on here. in that voice and be like hey let me out of here you yeah. want to Very you want to you want to fucking like relax relax or what and you're like whoa why is this voice coming from you and my dick is so soft right now um, <laughs> yeah, like if, if i was talking to her on the phone i would obviously think she was a black person and it's kind of like uh that seinfeld episode with Donna Chang, where it's like the opposite you think, of Donna Chang. Where you, have, you think this lady, you think she washes her Kung Pao chicken? <laughs> yes. She's Kung Pao chicken washer. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I shouldn't be speaking like this. So how should I speak like? You tell me how I should speak like, and that's not being stereotypical because I'm Asian, because I look Asian. I should speak a certain way. That's not being racist in itself. That don't make no sense. And on topic of me saying the N-word, nah, that was all. <laughs> I love this pivot. And on the topic of me saying the N-word, yo, that was all my bad. Hold on me. That shit was dead wrong with me. Don't mean nowhere. Don't mean if I grew up around people who said it. Don't mean who, who referred to me who said it, who, which they did. That's my fault for thinking I was okay for me to saying it. That was See, this is, this is where she loses me because if you're going to have that intonation in your voice, just go all the way like yo yeah. i i'm with the uh, this is these are my people fuck y'all i'll talk however the fuck i want you can't say i'm gonna i'm gonna speak however the fuck i want to speak and you you right i shouldn't have said the n-word like because i right. you know i can speak however i want but not like that though it's like what are you doing right I why not like whole... like you do it like this let me see it hold on can i do this here yeah Still nigga here that's that's it. You Just <laughs> you, you have that clip. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. We need that clip. We gotta gotta save that. Uh, but oh, I, I, I thought that the whole reason for her doing the black accent was so that she could say the N word. I mean, that's the whole reason I do it, and they yeah. still don't let me say it. It's fucked up, man. Yeah, you up. could say That's... it, man. This is a free country. You just can't you can't say it on Twitter though, because they'll nuke yeah. you for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and she uh, she might also be a wigger, but it would be the different kind. I don't know what that means. Yeah, what's that mean, Doug? Explain that. The uh, you know the Chinese Muslims who are not actually being genocided. Oh, Uyghur. Oh, Uyghur. Uyghur okay, it's a Uyghur. That joke. was a deep cut. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's we're not going to hit the button though. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it with me. I wouldn't hit it anyway. But let's 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 move back to this this whole thing here. So I send the tweet. I get suspended. Uh, Clint sends out his tweet. I'm I'm also I'm DMing uh, Josie like frantically. But I'm like, it's cool. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm not crying. You're like, you're, you're like, you're like, yo, fuck this place. Like in the GC with us, he's like, yo, fuck this place. I don't even know if I'm coming back. And then he spends the entire motherfucking day on his alt, his entire yeah. day. <laughs> I was so inspired. Like this, like I was like, oh, this is just great because like people are giving me so much content. I'm just like, well, here's this, and here's. <laughs> yeah, I was just going crazy. I don't know something. Something snapped in my brain, which I didn't think could snap anymore. Yeah. So. And- at the same time, Dennis spoofed you, and then I didn't know which account was which because I think you swapped ads with him or something. I'm like, which one of them is even in this chat right now? Yeah, that was that was know. concerning. I thought maybe Dennis had infiltrated the GC. I was like, this is yeah, this is I was, terrible. I was ready to see his penis, which would be about the hundredth time. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Fortunately, it's a nice it's a nice rod, but that's not what we're it's talking large. about here. It's pretty large. If it is his penis, who really knows? It could be someone else's. Cool. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so the, all that shit happened. Um, I'm reaching out to Josie. She's trying to help me as much as she can. She's sending me like insider links, and I'm I'm you know texting people and tweeting at them and stuff. Uh, what happened after that? Oh, then then I found the screenshot. You posted it, and for some reason. Uh, the presidential candidate of the United States, Vivek Ramaswamy, <laughs> retweets. <laughs> no, better than retweets. He quote tweets that he shit, and yeah. and and it does like three thousand likes. And and my tweet got, I think, six hundred thousand impressions. So like, it fucking went, dude. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a, and that that kind of started the shitstorm of what happened after that. So now. Uh, I find out later that there was a spaces where they talk about me for the last 15 minutes. And I just want to take a quick second to say to that guy, Mario Nagasaki, <laughs> fuck you, man. I, th- I know I know who you are. You're a World Economic Forum shill. You're an Arabic dude with a British accent, which is just not to be trusted, first off. No. It's fake as hell. Like, yeah. you, well, I, I don't. Yeah, you don't talk like that. You well, just, I thought you he was like Indian. that. I thought he was a street shitter. What are you, a Chinese fucking lady with a black accent? I don't trust it's that exactly shit. that. It's just straight up. <laughs> it's straight up phony shit. And then I was I was also listening to his spaces, and I was just kind of baffled at how like I was like, this guy has a half a million followers, but I'm like listening for a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, you're not smart. I've I've heard smart people talk. You're not. <laughs> I'm not smart either, so I could tell when other people aren't smart, and Bro, you're certainly one of them with me. I don't know where that dude came from. I don't like. Where do you come from? Why? Why is he like the Twitter Spaces guy? I don't even understand uh, it. That portal that they're they're opening in CERN. I think he came out of that. Okay, me started. Get me <laughs> fucking started. No, he apparently he came from the NFT Spaces, which is number one a scam. And then uh, he was at the World Economic Forum talking about NFTs, which is literally the dumbest shit that I can think of. Like that's the dumbest sentence that wow. I can make in that's, general. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. That's like that's like a fraud educating frauds on fraud. <laughs> yeah, you mean they flew you out? They flew you out to Davos so that you you could talk to these pedophiles about this fraudulent shit. <laughs> it's tremendous. And me, as a graphic designer, I should be like into this space, like no. if NFTs. I mean, you know, if if you wanted to make cheap money, well, yeah. I mean, if you want a product, if you want to really embrace the grift, that would have been the way to go. Yeah, but that's you know, I don't want to shit on some of my friends that do this stuff, but it just seems like a very like a. Uh, short-sighted thing to do uh whatever they like low time preference or height however that goes it's like all right here's your nft and it's like well Very what do you do now preference. yes I yeah agree. high time preference it's a fucking scam dude I, I like i was even saying that nfts like they have some valuable properties in terms of title transfers but i knew in the first 10 seconds of reading up on nfts that i was like this art 
version of NFTs is never going to be anything other than a scam. And sure enough, everyone that was paying tens of millions of dollars for these fucking things were like, they're pennies now. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah, it's sad. I mean, good for them for getting their grift on. But yeah, it's like intrinsic. As libertarians, I think a lot of us saw right right through it. I, I knew immediately. I was like, so the market I'm serving is libertarians who study economics. I'm like, this is not going to fly. No. And I also wouldn't feel comfortable selling it to people. It's just strange. Anyway, that's you, you would you would have lost a lot of respect had you gotten hard into the NFT game. So, good good call not going that route. Just throw throw your fucking designs on shirts. That's how we'll do it. Yeah, that's. I mean, listen, you're gonna get something. You could wear it or you could throw it out. I don't know. It's it. It seems more on the up. This shit's and up sick, here. dude. I fucking I see I see your fucking or my shirts your your designs at most events I go to now. So it's fucking rad. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, that's I, I like that. It's a spreading. It's it's more than just whatever an NFT is. Anyway, the guy was uh, it. What I did learn about this whole fiasco, besides being banned, is the the ability for Elon Musk to almost purchase people's fealty with uh, just a follow. Bro. And this is not. I'm not saying everybody, but it is an interesting psychological experiment where if you were looking at Elon Musk as a as like a good actor or a bad actor yep. if if he was a a bad actor in our eyes like from from our point of view the smartest thing for him to do is to befriend a lot of these right-wing influential accounts yep follow them whatever and then when it comes time for him to do something shady they they they're not going to criticize him. yep so yeah that's why in, that's why so, Josie's fucking the real deal because homegirl still was like Look, Elon's done nothing to make me question him, but like, you gotta ask I, questions. But like, we have to get to the bottom of like, what is her loyalty? Is it is she a World Economic Forum through and through type of person? Is she coming back in here to reimplement censorship? You know, I was like, I was like, look, that's and and I even I even like I toned down my rhetoric when because I was trying to get your your account back. So like, I wasn't gonna drag Elon. I was like, I was like, say it ain't so, you know. I've en- I've enjoyed your tenure. I did another thread where I was dragging the new CEO, and I was like, "Yo, Elon, I've enjoyed your tenure." Blah blah blah. Don't don't take this path. Don't go backwards. Um, I did a whole episode dedicated to it, and and every time I'm very careful not to like. Shut he doesn't even follow me, but I'm like I'm trying to get him to fucking treat my people right. So I like I totally understand the incentive structure that's put in place where these people who have grown their accounts by three four x since he purchased it because he followed them. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be really hard to get those people to tell the truth. Yeah, yeah you I, don't you don't bite the hand that feeds, but unfortunately, right. I do. And yes, yeah. <laughs> so Clint is Clint is like, hey, Elon, you know, very diplomatic, and I'm just like, yo, Elon, me, Elon, I run Twitter, follow me or else. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. You start you start <laughs> threatening him from your alt immediately. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. But, but no, that's that's perfect though. I mean, this is this is why we're such a good yin and yang because like I I handle the uh, the front facing diplomacy and you're just like you're the John Bolton trying to nuke him, you know? <laughs> I'm like the dog that you're like just stay behind the fence for a couple of minutes, like yeah, I'm just exactly, barking like crazy. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's, for real, you're like the pit bull that's just like going absolutely ape shit. And I'm like, he's friendly. He's funny actually. You you love him. <laughs> he's funny actually. <laughs> and he's just like. He's just rabid. He's like, ah, ah. like, no, no, no. He's you. I mean, you'll you'll learn to love him. Trust me. He, he won't bite you, but he can hurt you in worse ways. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. I just I don't see an, an option now. Like I've I've come so far. It's not just like a brand, but it, if you before I was top lobster or whatever, you can ask anybody in my family, any of my friends. This is how I am all the time. I'm not I'm not necessarily polite. Like to the people that I that do really like me, they really like me. But other people that don't like me, it's because I am brash and because I will say like what I'm thinking. And if you don't like it, I, then I'll probably double down to make you feel uncomfortable. But I've been doing this shit since I've been like 18 years old, probably maybe younger. It's this just, is, I mean, this is a pretty classic New Yorker thing. Cause my stepdad is, is pretty, I mean, he's not, he's definitely not as aggro as you, but like there's that same line of thought and, and speech yeah. cadence and, you know, willingness to say something that'll piss someone off and then laugh mm -hmm. about it. Like, so I think I have that too, because I was raised by my stepdad most of the time. Um, so I think that's why you and I get along, but is this, is this common amongst New Yorkers or are you like another level above in terms of fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> not most New Yorkers. So my, that my best friend, Patrick is not like this. He's the mm. complete opposite of me, which is why like we do well together like right he was he was my boss at one point and i was like his right hand man he was running a company and i was like right underneath him and it worked well because you have that again that yin and yang sort of thing most people are not like this most people especially nowadays are trying to protect whatever they have going on but a lot uh, of the friends that i grew up with if you met some of these guys like it's i'm almost embarrassed to say my friend like macho my friend this guy jose there's a couple of them they're way funnier than i am they're crazier than I am. And it's like when I'm like when I'm with them, I am almost at the bottom of the totem pole there. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is it's just where like I come from, like, I guess from the neighborhood. That's kind of how we have like, we had to be. And yeah. And then, yeah, that, that's that's it. that's funny to me, because in my friend group, um, you know, through my 20s and before I left uh, San Diego, um, I was definitely the craziest. <laughs> so I think that's that's how I feel when I'm on Tower Gang. I'm like, oh. Like I'm, I'm normal. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, or I'm like, I'm tame comparatively. Cause you guys are all out of your minds. So yeah, would you uh, say, I don't think I'm the craziest on tower gang. I, don't know. I think so. I think you might be. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> amongst, uh, yeah. Like my friend groups, I'm always like kind of, I don't know, the clown that everyone makes fun of. Oh, don't do that. Do that's totally, that makes sense. You know, you know what you need to do? kick somebody's ass i don't know yeah dude mm, no. <laughs> gonna say you gotta get some pussy toad that's yeah no step, I, step one i was gonna say dude oh by the way i was at uh publix a couple days ago getting groceries obviously I don't shout, know why shout I out that. to publix shout out publix sponsored the, the show publix <laughs> you ask uh, for trans cake no no um so i see this dude from like profile and i'm like oh shit it's toad if he was jacked and this is fucking dude got your head like spot on. This motherfucker looks just like you, but he's like shredded. And I was like, sounds dude, awesome. yeah, he sounds awesome. Exactly. That's right. Toad. He sounds fucking awesome. And you could be that guy. So, yeah. um, yeah, you should do that. And then you should beat your fucking friend's ass when they talk shit to you. That's what you should do. All right. Sorry. Um, that was a <laughs> tangent I didn't expect to go on. Uh, so anything else with the, uh, the band? Cause I got some more shit to show you guys. Uh, Right. Uh, so yeah. And anyway, Mario, whatever was saying this and that about the banning, um, Kim, Kim and a bunch of other people, I think, uh, it's hard to tell who's talking, but like a lot of the people were like, Hey, you know, 
uh, I've seen people get banned for less than this. Whereas uh, Mario was saying like, oh, well, he must have shown child porn or I was I was waiting for him to say like he must have said like offensive shit, which I was like, yeah, I did. But he didn't say anything. he immediately like his his uh, his 70 IQ brain immediately jumped to like he must have done the worst things. He couldn't think of any examples in the middle. And right. I was like, this makes me look great because I didn't do any of that shit like Doc's right, right. One, Yeah, right. I right. just said a joke that I think that is what triggered it. And then boom and anyway uh it, it kind of blew up even more the rabbit hole dude uh started talking a axel axl that dude started all the elon musk oh, yeah. reply people a- alx alex yeah alx yeah he, he's a good account he started going the other uh the malaysian dude that looks like that guy from uh princess mononoke from he Goonies. started talking what's his name <laughs> I said, I looks no like, he looks like the dude. He looks like the dude from Goonies. Um, <laughs> I guess, I'm just yeah, kidding. Kinda, kinda I, he looks. He looks like the Asian kid from Goonies, and and uh, Chunk had a had a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm probably never getting followed by him, but whatever. Yeah, um, that's fine. I mean, it's for the best. So yeah. they all started talking about it, and then some random account. I don't even know who this was. They tagged. Uh, what's her name? Ella. Gerwin or whatever. Ella, Ella Gerwin, the lady, she's she has something to do with like the suspensions or at least the behavior of accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And this lady, the ran the random account, which she might not be random, but I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, she just like retweeted your tweet. I don't even know. It's so convoluted. So many people have retweeted this that she like took it and then retweeted it. Somehow got this lady's attention, and the lady goes. She says, uh, well, this account is now under review by our whoever reviews it. And she says oh, it dope. was not it was not suspended because of the comments in question. Mm-hmm. And she said that as of now, which is actually funny, as of now, they do not uh, they do not deem launching someone into space as a bannable offense. So as of now, until until the technology gets better right now, it's just jokes. But like I literally would launch her into space. Uh, Linda Yaccarino <laughs> with no no helmet. She would be in the Tesla just floating around blue. What, Yo, nah, no, I, don't, I don't know. No no helmet, no hesitation. Pow. <laughs> Press launch. See you I'm later. so down. I'm so down for that. That'd I be a fucking great way. Yeah, be <laughs> cool. <laughs> Whatever. And then it, it, it would explode and then it would freeze because I think it freezes in space. Who knows? Is space real? No one yeah, even knows. Like, uh, Probably. Probably not, honestly. Mission to Mars or whatever that movie was where that happens. Oh, sorry, spoiler. Some shit like yeah. that. That's what happened. I don't know. I feel like Twitter should have known. Like I said this already, but they should have known that uh, this was clearly a joke. The whole thing is a joke. Like you're talking about sending a woman to space, a woman into space. Let's get real. It's Thank just, you. Thank you, Todd. Spa- yeah. That's, I mean, number one, it's a non-starter. First <laughs> off, space... Space night might not even be real, but like sending a woman into space, how does that work? What do they have? Tampons? What? Yo, if you had a chance to actually appeal and you were to say, look, you know it's a joke because I would never endorse a female astronaut, that would have been so fucking funny if you could have just screenshot that and put it up. Um, Yeah, these people think I I, I don't even support female CEOs in any, I mean, just you don't even support women in the workforce, period. No, yeah, I don't let my wife work. She's at home. She's like, yeah, no, no way. It's crazy. It's a crazy way to even 
What are we even talking about right now? <laughs> you know what happens when you try to even like send a woman into space? Like the challenger just explodes. Yeah. And she was just a school teacher. Uh, speaking of, uh, this is this is a perfect interlude, so I'm going to do it. Uh, speaking of women being worthless, here we go. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Based. First off, why is that a problem? And what do you mean no. they they put us in bikinis? Like these women have no fucking autonomy. They didn't have any decision making. Yeah, like, yeah. Were they literally forced to do that? I don't think so. So insulting. All right. I think they, I think they wanted to do that. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, they got paid handsomely, undoubtedly. Yeah. It's empowering, man. Look at this. Shit. Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Oh, Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, good shit. How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the bad shit into compost. Now we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good shit helps farmers grow quality hops. Which has been donated to women brewers to make their own really good shit. But there's definitely more shit out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any shit you got into Miller Lite, and they'll turn that into good shit, too. Oh. So here's to women. Because without us, there would be no beer. No. So they couldn't find... They couldn't find one attractive woman to do it. I, mean, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, is, is it a coincidence that every <clears throat> woman that's uh, complaining about the women in bikinis are not hot enough to be those women? <laughs> well, what's so unappealing to me about it is like, you're talking, you're trying to get me to drink your product and you say shit a dozen times. Yeah. Like, why would I possibly want that? And, and secondarily, you're acquiring a bunch of decades old marketing material and then you're turning it into compost for worms to eat, to shit it out, to turn into fertilizer, to grow beer. Like, this is so contrived. It's It verges on schizophrenia. Like, it's yeah, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Yeah, everything That's about like this it. is completely unappealing. Like, you're going to take sexy women in bikinis. Oh, we're not going to have that anymore. And we're going to just, yeah, talk about shit. <laughs> it's almost it. an interesting case study because it's like anything you can do for marketing they've done the opposite here. There's like nothing nice to look at. There's like a quick picture of a poster, but then they blurred out the face. I was like, well, now I don't really want to see it. And then when you're talking about beer, it's like, I'm not, I don't care how this shit is made. Like I'm trying to get drunk. I'm trying, I'm trying to drink this uh, shit with my friends out of the same bottle with two sides and then shoot flamethrowers at my house. But they, <laughs> they do none of these things. It's, the AI knows exactly what, yeah, what while, we were. While looking like Dave Smith and looking like you're yeah. uh, sucking a dildo at the same time. And then I want the world to end as soon as I finish that six pack. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, on so many levels. So anyways, uh, the backstory to this, that ad campaign came out a month before the Dylan Mulvaney sponsorship or whatever they called it. Um, and it's now making the circles because they're like, they're getting dragged through the mud. A lot of people think it's brand new or that it came out after Dylan Mulvaney. That's what I originally thought. And then I realized that it came out a month prior. I think that um, they're very fortunate that that didn't come out 
before the Dylan Mulvaney one did because I think like people kind of exhausted all of their rage over the Dylan Mulvaney thing. So I I'd imagine this probably won't be as big of a backfire, but. I do want to. I, I'm not going to go down the ESG route. We can talk about this seriously, but I don't want to do that. I was going to mention it. Yeah, like I think it, that is completely the reason why this is happening. But yeah, well, yeah, it probably is. But I, I think that it's more interesting to talk about the marketing angle. Like, do you honestly think that appealing to like the worst version of feminism is going to get women to pick up a Miller Light? Like, what kind of women do you know like those types of beers at no, all? It's all men who want cheap beer to get drunk like that's pretty much it yeah yeah I, I don't i mean i i struggle to understand what they're doing here i mean unless they're just trying to tank their company which is interesting to see like so you have miller light a woman clearly wrote that commercial because it wasn't funny like the whole premise <laughs> yeah. like the, like i'm imagining the script and they're like let's just say shit a bunch of times like that's funny like like that's what a woman comedian would do they talk about their pussy and then they'd say shit a bunch of times. Well, you just nailed it because that lead is a female comedian. The lead that's yeah, doing... I, I, I think I've seen her. I work, I work with comedians and I, I couldn't pick her out of a fucking lineup. Never seen her in my life. Yeah, yeah they, well, they all kind of look the same. I was like, is that Jenny Slate or is it uh, that that chick from Broad City? I don't know. It's probably it's one the of chick those. from Broad City. You nailed is it. it. Oh, all right, yeah, oh, all right. <laughs> she's... And, I enjoyed Broad City, if I'm being perfectly honest. It had some really funny things, but this is just a disaster. And I don't know, like, you're just not going to get this target market, so it seems like an utter waste of resources and ultimately totally detrimental to your branding. So Yeah, but how about how about them, like, like look at the aspect of them getting paid. So this girl, she might have wrote this ad or, like, contributed to writing it, and she's getting paid. But I just saw a video from... Uh, Kyle Dunnigan and uh, Kurt Mesker, like they do that series, The Fresh Prince of uh, White House. It's, it's about Biden and they do like her impersonations and they have like the face swap. It's fucking hilarious. It's well produced. They wrote a song. It's like a 10 minute video and they write a song and a rap in it with music. Nice. And the guy, Kyle Dunnigan, performs this all like, like just, just perfectly. All the impressions. And I looked at the likes of the views, 100,000 views. Like, you know, and, and these women are complaining about being persecuted for wearing a, a bikini. You put a bikini on and you have 100,000, you have 100,000 views immediately. You did nothing. You have no discernible talents. Men are the one that are actually struggling here to do something. Even the men with talent. It's, it's fucking bizarre. I like, think, the, I think I'm it's a cow all, bitch. It's always fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Doja Cat. It's always fascinating that like women lament that where like, oh, I'm attractive, so I can't be known for any of my skill set. And it's like, it's like, well, yeah, or you can be a guy who doesn't get anything other than for their merit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like I would it, it's just so it's so bizarre to resent any advantages you have in life. Like that just seems like very um Marxist like they, it seems like it comes from that kind of progressive yeah. school of like uh you know I'm a victim because of the advantages I've had in life and it's like fuck you no you're not yeah but yeah but the, <laughs> the women have been born white in America and attractive you fucking bitch you yeah but the the women involved in this commercial I think are angry that they do not have that particular uh 
talents. I don't but know. He, what you want but to even call it. so, Homegirl went on to have her own show for like five seasons on Comedy Central. That's, yeah, that's true. Undoubtedly, made a ton of money off that. It's just, it's just right. weird, man. I just, I Do hate how think- we continue to pretend that women are like second class citizens when, in many ways, many ways, they have advantages that men will never even imagine. Do you yeah. think that that like cultural Marxism is inherently feminine? Because that. I, I, I think I it. Think I think like, it appeals to feminine. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it appeals to women more than it does men. Yeah. And feminine men. Yes, and which is which, in my humble opinion, is part of the feminization of men. Is yeah. like if you take away our own capacity for self-striving and success, and measuring ourselves against our peers and trying to outcompete them, if you take all of that away, it makes us much more feminized, which makes us ideologically more in alignment with what they believe in their worldview yeah dude i wish i had a pussy because then i'd actually get fucked i don't get it i just don't i don't get it but (laughs) if you had a pussy i still wouldn't fuck it (laughs) but but uh someone definitely would and that's a fact that's what i'm saying well it could it could be i mean if if you look at the greater conspiracy or, or the psyop of like pushing young young single mothers getting the father out of the house, so even the welfare state, that the welfare state contributes. Incentivizes oh, it, yeah. yeah, incentivizing contributes a lot to like single motherhood and single parenthood in general. So yep. if, if the idea, if, if, if the people who are kind of pulling the strings in our society understand that this like Marxism or communist ideas or even like left progressive ideas are inherently feminine, feminine, then they would want to create a more feminine uh, population that will be will adhere to these ideas, and exactly. I think that they've done that. Yeah, I think that's what public schools' primary goal is. I mean, that that's also yeah. part of the reason that they put so many young boys on Ritalin because, like that, that is what differentiates young boys from young girls. Oftentimes, is like their unwillingness to listen to teachers, their rambunctiousness, their you know. That's why. Um, that's why yeah. kids are such savages or little boys used to be. And now they're like, Oh, you're too much of a savage here. Take cocaine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, they're still have... savages. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny to see. Sorry, Toto. It's just funny that like when I see people saying like, you know, boys and girls are the same, they're completely not the same. I've raised them from zero from like the moment I seen them, I seen both of them come out the vagina. Couldn't be more different. Like from maybe, maybe from like three months like once they get like past, like right. they're just like barely surviving. So now they're kind of doing stuff. You're like, oh no, these are different things. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter is, she is way more feminine. She has all these traits. She acts completely differently than my son. My son is like taking things apart to see what's in them. And my daughter is trying, like she has a, a, a Barbie and she's trying to make her pregnant and she's the mom. Like they're doing different, they, their brains are completely wired different. And they're basically the same kid it's yeah no that's that's just all a product of your parenting and they are just vessels of your own uh heteronormative worldview yeah 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 well it's so it's so hard for me to even talk like that because i fucking hate it so much (laughs) the other thing that differentiates uh boys from girls is having a penis and they're trying to change that too literally yeah it is uh it's concerning, man. I, I actually interviewed uh, a guy who had his son uh, taken from him for a year and a half after birth, and the mother tried to raise 
him, a little boy, at three years old as non-binary and was putting him in dresses and shit. And the dad just got... Canadian dude? No, in California, dude. NorCal. Uh, like uh, this is Bay Area, and uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy story. But he got fifty fifty custody now, and hopefully, you know, he can <laughs> counter counteract that indoctrination that's happening. But um, I think I think this is the very early stages of what is going to be a real fucking problem, dude. Because you're going to have so many kids that never had any proclivity to being trans, and they're going to be just pushed into it for social acceptance and parental acceptance and these kids are going to come out the other end just fucking batshit yeah it's it's definitely happening yeah i'm in new york for just like a couple of days and just uh, we just went to the city and i probably saw 15 trannies and it's baffling to me being from florida and i'm just like that girl has big feet and my friend's like, yo, that's a guy. <laughs> and I look up at the face and I'm like, that's a guy. He's seven feet tall. It's, it's fucking crazy out here, man. You're like, that dude used to start for the Knicks. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. ground zero. Yeah. yeah but- like, you know, I'm in Boston and it is not that out of the ordinary. Uh, at least it wasn't like maybe about a year ago that I would be like on the subway and have like a 6'5 tranny yelling at me to wear a mask. That you, gotta, you gotta get out of there, dude. <laughs> yeah. For real. Like I can't even I can't even like wrap my head around you still living there. It's like it's so crazy to me. Um anyways, I wanna transition briefly into a, a podcaster in Britain who is doing years behind bars for words, if you can believe it. This is such a fucking crazy story. In Britain, I do, because uh that's uh you know, the Count Dankula thing happened uh, over there. Yeah, so that is where it happens. So he got two and a half years for offen- offensive speech. James Oldchurch was found guilty on 10 counts of distributing material to stir up racial hatred. Sounds like a, sounds like a tower gang fan. Uh, yeah, a podcaster I mean, I love this guy. Let's have him on. has been jailed for two and a half years for, dist- uh, let me see, 15 counts of distributing or, or recording. So it's, it's literally 15 counts of his podcast. Distributing uh, a recording, yeah, huh? Like yeah, he's so giving it out like on thumb drives or something. So only <laughs> only fifteen people watch this shit, like. <laughs> yeah, dude. Imagine probably, uh, the view count on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, the judge said the offending amounts to a stain on our humanity. Good God, dude. Uh, this guy, like, you see what he looks like too? He's got like the fucking like chops. He looks like Wolverine or something. He looks kind of based. <laughs> Wow. Some attorney saying this is very much on the boundary level of is this hate speech? Is this extremism? She said that there should be no boundary. Uh, She continues. It's very, very pertinent to conversations that are happening right now. What happens today will hopefully set a precedent that this kind of language, whether online or offline, whether on a blog or on a podcast or on social media messages is not appropriate and hopefully set some much clearer boundaries. Yeah, they're not they're not even saying what he said, because I guess if they were to do that, then wouldn't they have to, like, prosecute themselves for distributing the exact same hatred? I don't know. How does that work? I don't know if this is the same judge, but it seems like the implication is that he told some school taker, uh, school caretaker who was found with 600 child abuse images that he was uh, taking a risk as he lets him walk free. If that's the same judge, that's crazy. Uh, Imam who raped schoolgirl in mosque given absolute discharge due to his dementia. So you get the idea. Um, wow. It's, it's, it's just crazy to me that like the people that are fighting 
Nazism are Nazis. It's so clear. Like if you're going to fight hate speech by burning podcasts, like how different is that from burning books? It's crazy to me. Yeah, let's let's be clear here. Yeah. Operation Paperclip, when the United States took all those Nazi scientists yep. from uh, you know, it, from from Nazi Germany, Germany after, after the Nuremberg trials. Yeah, they have the best scientists, the, man, the best engineers. The United States just we got first pick and then the other countries took the rest. So like Argentina. So there probably are some in the UK that are still doing dumb shit. But to me, it's like it's interesting when you look at it societally where you're like, what are they really trying to do to society? But it's a little bit more interesting when you're like, oh, you're you're rendering an entire generation uh, incapable of forming an argument because yeah. that that's really what it comes down to like this guy here he's probably his, his arguments are probably boneheaded and wrong he's being like like you know very racist it's probably no it's not comedy or anything like that yeah but it's probably bad but like yeah. who gives a fuck yeah he's trying to make an argument and their best argument against him is to put him in jail right like the, the people who oppose him probably just scream hate speech but they can't like verbalize well, what was wrong. And the and the same thing that happens every time you do this type of stuff is that a subsect of society that is looking for truth thinks that, you know, because they are already like opposed to the current mainstream narrative. They see a dude who gets put in jail for his ideas and they look into those ideas and they consider them more deeply. Like it's uh it's Streisand effect, but on hate speech. It's like what why do you want people to think that there is any truth to this? allow this man's life to be you know ruined publicly in terms of you know everyone knowing that he's this fucking racist asshole but don't put him in prison for words like what the, what right. is the danger here and this i mean right. but if you look at uh uh oh god what's his name the one of the 911 hijackers uh, he wasn't a hijacker he was one of the uh propagandists uh his his son was actually the one that was assassinated but he was also killed uh, all Alaki, he oh, yeah. he, he yeah. was putting out um, those publications for Al Qaeda. You know that was his job. Like he wrote that right. that magazine, and you know that's definitely. I think that's a, a harder, like, thing to answer. But I still come down on the side of like, that should be legal. Like you should be able to put into words whatever you want. I, and I just I just don't. I think if it's acted upon, well then yeah. You should go to jail. Like if, if you're telling people to kill somebody and, and then they do it, maybe maybe then you can have a real case. But I just think that like words alone, especially on a podcast, for God's sakes, and 15, <laughs> 15 listeners, it sounds like. It's like, what are we doing? Two and a half years for words. I, I mean, just I just want you guys to really like internalize this. Don't just laugh it off as like, oh, that's the British. They're fucking crazy. Look, we no, do. Yeah. We say shit like it's all yeah. joking, but like we yeah. say shit that could absolutely get us locked up if we were in the yeah, UK. Yeah. This could be terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, his podcast, by the way, is called Radio Aryan. Oh, okay. So he is an awesome. <laughs> he sounds yeah, awesome. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most recent episode was called uh, "Real Britannia: No More Chimpanzees Tea Party." <laughs> That's our episode. <laughs> that sounds like a mad lib for some <laughs> some inbred if, dude if this is the right podcast i, don't I know was i was gonna say though clint like uh this is where i kind of like depart from libertarianism a little bit because i do agree with you almost 100 percent on like 
you should be allowed to say stuff. Your ideas should be allowed to be out there. But I'd, I'd be okay with just shutting up communists. Like, because, I mean, it, we went from a point in America where I think they weren't even considered people. And it was it was taboo or probably illegal to spout this communist yeah. nonsense. Jo- but Josie brings we, it up all the time. Yeah, there you go. Josie, read a libertarian, base is fucked. But since we've allowed it, now, like, you see how far this has spread. So well, look, not, I, have, I, I have an easy counterpoint for you. If you want to imprison people for communist ideas, you have to have a state that's enormous. And if that state is enormous, it'll eventually become communist. <laughs> well, now, now you do. You could have had a tiny state because there weren't really that many communists. And when one peeked their head up to stand on a soapbox, you fucking throw them in jail. Or you put them in, but put you them know in what Europe. It, but you know what it made them do, though? It made them enter. It made them come up with another way and enter academia to raise your kids. So it's like yep. there is always. And when you see them do that, you say, "You can't do that. Get the fuck out of here." That's it. Right. But the government is running the public schools. The public, like the government, ultimately wants you to believe in the state. Like that's just the state's natural interest, right? They're going to be like, "Yeah, we want them to believe in the state," and and disempower them as much as possible make them rely on the state this is better this is better for us so i just think that a state by its very nature ultimately is a in the trajectory of communism that's my honest opinion yeah uh, you're right by the way if if this is uh actually this guy's podcast that most recent episode it looks like they were actually talking about like serious shit and they were talking about like uh, accusations of racism that are probably uh, not actually founded. And they were talking about like the push toward uh, child abuse as far as like uh, trying to transition children and like drag queen shit. Like it looks like those are the topics in that episode. So we've covered half of those things. So yeah, if you, well, if you yeah. can't even talk about that. Yeah. yeah I don't we're know. going to jail. That's, yeah. that's the thing that they, they'll, they like to, they'll lump him in very nicely with everything else. Like, I think Revolver covered me in a in a way that I don't even mind, but they said a right wing account says mm. this about Elon Musk, and I'm like, interesting way to say. Say, I guess you can call me right wing, but it sounds almost. You just said you would like to lock up communists, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes you pretty right. right. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, this is this is always my rejoinder to anybody that that goes that route, and it's the same rejoinder I've had to Pete in the past. Is like, like you think that you're gonna like I, they. I get mocked because I go, they go like, you're never going to be able to diminish the size of the state. And I, my counter is naturally, you're never going to be able to use the state violence on your behalf. <laughs> like it's, it's just going to come down on all of us. So we might as well work to diminishing it because it's like, it's a dead end either way. But if we're going to, if we actually were to work together, we might have a chance of like getting people to push for, you know, uh, diminishing state power because I think the alternative is like it's just going to be used to crush the right and the liberty like anybody that's in favor of liberty in any regard whatsoever and unfortunately most Democrats no longer care about liberty at all yeah well that that's who wields the power right now you know but I guess in the 90s the right wielded more of the power I, I don't know dude. It was, I don't know, it was how, I don't know where time. this goes yeah yeah well, well I mean in some ways I, for sure that's why we need Elon Musk's Twitter to stay free, yeah. which actually before I don't, you know, I see we're coming up on an hour here, but um, interesting turn of events when I was unbanned, which is uh, a miracle in itself. It happened in like two days. I thought it was never coming back. It was less than um, that, man. It was like 24 hours. 
crazy. Yeah, because we because yeah. we move culture. We said at the top of the show. Joe, pay attention. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, we we control Twitter at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. I Follow everything. me or else, Elon. <laughs> or else. I feel irresponsible. Like high on power. It's it's crazy. Um. So they gave me a reason as to why I got banned, and I'll I'll read it to you. It wasn't the reason that we assumed that everybody was going on and on about. They said that I violated their rules against hateful conduct, which is uh, directly attacking people based on the basis of their race, ethnicity, uh, national origin, caste, all, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the tweet and it says, uh, I said, bring back public stoning. I said this on April 2nd. Today is May it's May 16th now, but I was banned on the 14th. So this is about a month and a half later. Was it in response to some woman who did something terrible? Right. Like, what was the response to? I, I haven't even, I can't even see. I had to delete it to even really get back into it. Yeah. And yeah. since it was a month and a half ago, I, you know, I don't even remember what it was. I, re- like, I remember reading to. that, but I have no fucking clue what it was to. Well, what I do remember about this, this tweet is yeah. getting a seven day suspension for it. Uh, Back then, Man, I don't know. Right, yeah, so you already like, did your time. This is double. I already jeopardy. did my time. This is literally double jeopardy. Thank you, Toad. It, our it's attorney. It, attorney, our representative Toad here to to present the defense. It's double jeopardy, Your Honor. That's right. I, I saw that movie. Ashley Judd was hot back then. <laughs> the strange thing is, like, I feel like I I know I was banned for this, or I had I got a seven day ban for saying this. Which again, this is in jest. I'm not going to publicly stone somebody, although. If I did, I have a very strong arm, and it would be just terrific. I have the best arm. Um, <laughs> so, in order to get your, your, I wouldn't, but you'd be in fucking trouble if I wanted to. You'd be yes, yeah, so you'd be in trouble if, if I had if I had the power to send you to space, Linda. But uh, you do yeah, have the power. I, it's your right arm. <laughs> it, it's just, it's weird because I was already suspended for this or banned for this for seven days, and they make you delete the tweet. Right, and then I had to delete it again. It just seems like they went back. They're like, "What could we get this guy for?" And no, they I, send I legit, I legit yeah. do not believe that's why you got nuked. They I don't believe it. The tweet, and then you had to delete it again. What the fuck? That's it's literally what from, happened. From a month and a half ago, when when in reality, the day that I was accurately criticizing the, the new CEO, CEO yeah, yeah. of Twitter. And getting good traction on it. It's like, you know, I have I have like a medium size or like a low sized account, but it was getting, I think it was in like the five hundred likes or whatever. And then the other stuff that I was tagging onto that, it's it was really snowballing. I guess like once you get the algorithm moving and and people start to interact with you, more people will see what you say, and that's kind of the game of Twitter. Uh but it's just interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how that happened. And uh they probably noticed it and they they the thing about comedy too, which is why, like, I love like the serious shows, but I feel like the comedy shows that we watch and take part in are even more effective in spreading a message or or telling people something because it, obviously this right here press someone's buttons because yeah. it's funny. People laugh at it and then they look yeah. and they say, "Oh yeah, maybe she should be launched into space." Let me look into the World Economic Forum and right. they go, "Yeah, yeah, what's this about?" And it's like it's just like an open door into it's an easy segue into the next thing, you know. I think I I mean there are people that have been, you know, woken up from Liberty Lockdown, but I'd say there's probably just as many people and a totally different like subset of people 
that are hearing libertarian ideology for the first time through Tower Gang. And I think yeah. that that's there are just certain people that really don't want to hear anything po overtly political. Like you can slip it in. I think that's where the culture war really wins is like it's not overt. That's the whole key. It's like mm -hmm. if it's overt, people just have like their earmuffs immediately go on. They're like, I don't want to fuck. Like I am inundated with politics all the time. I don't fucking want it. Say some racial slurs. Then tell me why taxation is theft. Okay. Now I'm listening. It's like, yeah. I think yeah. that works. It's yeah, like Christian music. Like you can, you can get someone that's making like bad Christian rap. And then there's other uh, bands like uh, lighthouse or some lighthouse. You'll mm -hmm. hear their music and it sounds mainstream or, I think even Creed is a Christian band. There's a couple of them that yeah, you yeah. wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't notice, but their lyrics are inherently about God or Jesus or whatever Creed, it is. Creed, I think you do notice. <laughs> yeah, but they're still, they still main like they've achieved some kind of like mainstream audience because it's not mm -hmm. like directly in your face, very preachy. That doesn't right. work. It's got to be even. It's a little bit deceptive. But it, I don't feel like we're deceiving people with our comedy. Like, this is just who we are. We are libertarians. We do believe in this stuff, but we want to have fun and tell jokes. That's just going to come in there naturally. That's going to reflect in, in our jokes. And it really cuts through. So I, I feel like I feel like this. the reasoning they gave me was bullshit. And I feel like what I was saying cut through. And I'm sure that they're getting a lot of heat for this lady because I'm not the only person saying there's a lot Fuck of no, dude. people. Dude, I don't know if you saw, but like, I did, I, I pulled a video from um, some article I had found and I just like screen recorded it and I put it up, did hundreds of thousands of views. I mean, it's crazy like how much people, as soon as they see her talking, they fucking despise her. And that's, that's how I felt. I mean, that's why I shared it because I wanted people to know like we're dealing with someone who is not even a wolf in sheep's clothing, just a wolf. Like that's a fucking wolf at your doorstep. Um, and, and we all, you know, we're so thrilled to have had so many of you guys got your accounts back and shit like that. It was like, all right, it feels like we might actually be heading towards a more free platform, certainly not free, but a more free platform. And then it was like, oh, let me hire this lunatic world economic forum, woke ESG nightmare. Like that's, that's who I'm going to replace myself with. It's like, what the fuck have we been doing over the past year? I mean, has he even owned it a year? I don't even know. No, no. Um, it's no. been since uh, like October or November, something like that. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. I did, it feels like I did my time. best read Coverdale. You remember when he went on Getter and he was yeah. just saying the most vile yeah, 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 shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what you what did I on did. your alt. <laughs> that's what I did on the main. That's why I got banned. I was like, you know what? I was like, this person's CEO. Okay, let's let's see how how Dude, far you we went can hard. Go. I I was fucking enjoying the hell out of it because I I really uh, actually I was presented with an interesting idea. Um, someone was saying that they were planning on starting a protest where everyone doesn't tweet over the weekend to, uh, and like the only thing we send out on like Friday night is, you know, ban Linda or, or fire Linda or whatever her name is. And, uh, and then we don't, we don't tweet over the weekend just to like plummet their numbers. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. I I'm of the opinion that you're not going to get it galvanized until we actually see if she starts to fuck things up, if she starts to change the terms of service and actually like brings us really backwards. Um, but then it may be too late, but at the same time, like I don't want to punish someone like she could be full of shit and, you know, been involved with the world economic forum, but also 
just a like a wolf in sheep's clothing, but on that end, that's what some people are trying to claim. I don't buy it personally, but <clears throat> I, I would rather wait and see, I guess. And I I give uh, I give them less leeway than I do the Libertarian Party. Like the LP hired or they elected that guy Todd Hagopian, who is working on ESG solutions. And I understand it's a much smaller pool, but like he's a treasurer, find somebody else that can count. I, I don't know. It'd have to be a for, small pool for Todd to fit in it. <laughs> yes, yeah, very small pool below Stupid below joke. three feet. Um, right. But but for for Twitter and Elon Musk, I mean, the pool is infinite. I mean, uh, of people you can hire, literally and, infinite. He could have got yeah. anybody. Yeah, and you pick this one person. It's right. just not. You have to like like the shareholders now at this point are the people who contribute to your company, your Twitter Blue users. You have to placate your shareholders and. It's if private. Got it, if... It's private, but I would love to know how many people are Twitter Blue subscribers because, like, I want to know what that revenue stream amounts to and if it, how significant it is to see what kind of sway we actually have. Because if we have sway, I will absolutely like run a movement to to protest to get everybody to cancel their Twitter Blues. I don't want to do that. Like, I really want because this is the whole thing. If we do that now, then we have no power. We've already like we've already sent the message, and he's going to look at it like, well, then I'm all in with the fucking ESG again, you know. Like, whereas yeah. I want him to feel as if like we are the more reasonable people. Like, the woke are the evil. We're the reasonable people. Don't fucking backstab us to the benefit of the lunatics. Go the other way for once. See see if there's if 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 there's a uh, a financially beneficial relationship that can be had with the non insane people amongst us i hope. I feel like he said that before like he, he that that, that was like the whole idea yeah that was the whole fucking idea but that's that's what makes me wonder if he didn't get enough twitter blue subscribers to actually you know turn a profit in which case it makes more sense well, did you guys see that article about george soros pulling funding from tesla yep no. yeah that's some ESG that was, shit uh, right there yeah mm, that was today or early or late yesterday or something like that. I don't remember when I read it, but recent, like yep. within within the scope of all this happening. So it's like, it's just more pressure. They're just turning more screws in different places that they can. And when you have a company like Tesla, that's, I didn't know, I, I should have known uh, Soros would have his, you know, his fingers in there, but it's also subsidized by the government. You know, you could, you could have billions of dollars, but they can, they can touch you. So there's no, See, there's here's really the no thing. way. He, he could you can have billions of dollars. You can be the richest man on earth, but if you have debt that you have to make payments on, you have to have cash flow or you're insolvent. It doesn't matter how rich you're, you are on paper because you have to have liquidity. And because he took out such an enormous amount of debt to acquire Twitter, I think yeah. he is really under the gun, you know, metaphorically. Um, yeah. I don't want to get banned from Twitter. Uh, so I, I, think, I think that that's really the problem is like, if you want to play in this world, uh, you cannot leave yourself open to any of the financial attacks. And I think that that's the biggest thing that people aren't paying enough attention to is like the financial levers that, that the, the powers that be are wielding are very, very, very powerful. And people just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. I have a feeling like, uh, so when I work for the MTA, um, the, a lot of people were like, well, let's just raise fares. We'll raise the fares. And and then you know the MTA will be profitable because it's never profitable because it's a it's a government entity and they they're not trying to be profitable they waste money they it's fucking garbage right. and I looked into some of their books 
because it's like it's actually publicly available. You can go check it out. And the revenue from Metro cards and shit like that only makes up about like 40%, less than 50% of their revenue. The hmm. rest of it comes from taxes. Yep. So it's like, even if you did raise fares, it still wouldn't, even if you raise Twitter blue subscriptions, I have a feeling it would still make up 50% of what you need or less than that of what he needs to run this site. The rest would be advertisers, which now brings you to that uh, Linda Yaccarino territory where she's telling him, you know, if you stop tweeting after 3 a.m., maybe we could work on some advertisers. Yeah. It's like, can you commit to that right now, Elon? Yeah. I'd like to firm up that language. Could you commit to that right now, Elon? It's like, the fuck are you doing? This is so crazy. And like, but that's what's so offensive to me is like, as a businessman myself, that type of person rubs me the wrong way in such an aggressive, like even if I didn't know shit about ESG, just being spoken to like that, I don't understand how Elon responds to that by saying, I want this person to run my $50 billion acquisition Twitter. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? It really, it really does make me question, uh, you know, whether or not he's a total, total con man like that. It makes me wonder. Yeah. I I was talking to, I was talking to Dave about that today and I told him that exact example. And I was like, you saw the video Clint posted, right? And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, is that the way uh, a woman who's like, you know, she probably does well. She's probably a millionaire. But I said, is that the way a millionaire talks to a billionaire? Talks to the richest man on earth. Yeah, the richest man on earth. Is that how? And he's like, yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. I was like, not to me either. Something else is going (laughs) on there. Is is that the way a woman talks to a man? (laughs) Honestly, strip it all down. Yeah, all the way to the basics. That's the answer is no. And then you add money into that, even money on an equal footing. The answer is still no. And even if you make more money than you're a woman, the answer is still fucking no. no. Well, still yeah. no. Straight to space. Don't pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you over my rockets igniting. Yeah. You're fucking out of here. Yeah. yeah. What I think is going on is that I, I don't think Elon is like a completely malicious actor or anything like that. But I think that we have like the same pressure going on from the government that we do on like all these other uh social media entities and it is becoming heavier on elon because of the stuff that he's been saying and 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 you also are entering the next election cycle too exactly so yeah i tweeted out stuff to that effect where yeah like the tucker carlson thing just happened now the uh twitter ceo thing is happening i think it's all related man like they the people in power need to maintain that power and they need to have power over these like large um, media outlets. Well, I mean, just think about, think about how powerful Twitter is. It's not by any stretch of the imagination. Is it even close to the biggest social media site, but in terms of like, like political influence, I don't think anything comes close. Like you, you may be more indoctrinating the, the youth when it comes to, you know, TikTok or whatever, but when it comes to like the people that are the movers and shakers of politics, it's fucking all Twitter all day, every day. And, and the fact that like we've even the a bunch of fucking retards have grown into being some sort of like legit entities in this movement. Um, I think it just goes to show how powerful Twitter is. Like I get paid to go talk like because <laughs> I have a Twitter account for three years. It's fucking bonkers. And uh, I think that that's really 
that's why they're so concerned about Twitter and why they're turning the financial screws so harshly is like they used to have that back door. I mean, it wasn't even, they basically had the front door to Twitter where they were just like, you need to do this. And Twitter was like, yes, sir. Um, and now it's not that way. So they're like, well, then we're going to fucking rug pull you when it comes to your, your debt service. Yeah. yeah we saw, and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of that old algorithm is still set in place. It has, I feel like it hasn't been changed because it's probably so deep in the code, but it, it's interesting to think like, like nevertheless, nevertheless, Clint persisted like throughout, you know, Twitter 1.0, you still built probably you were at like 40,000 followers, maybe more yep. before the changeover, which is crazy. That shows you how strong your messaging is. It's just, I mean, really it what it is, hard, is just dude. you're telling the truth, right? Yeah. Just, no, I mean, that's, that's it. But I, but I also had to tell the truth in a way that was like toned down to like right to the line, you know, constantly. And I had to do that consistently for years to get there it was uh, like it's very very challenging and and i um you know that's why i love you guys because like you just go past the line <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> oh i don't i don't i mean listen there's every time almost every time i think of a response to somebody i'm like this is the response i'm like i have to edit that before oh, i write too. it down me too but like yeah. if i was allowed to speak freely and they didn't put restrictions on this i would probably have like a hundred thousand because i would just be killing people like, oh just, yeah if yeah. Yeah. I, I like all I want to do in is, Minecraft. All, <laughs> all I want to do is be calling people mongoloids and just like going into their fucking their uh physiognomy and all that. Like I just want to fucking eviscerate people and I can't yeah. do it because I know like everything I want to say is absolutely gonna be considered harassment and some sort of protected class. So even though it's like uh -huh. not racist. You know where we can do that. Wednesday night at nine eleven. That's right, baby. Yeah. To Tower gang motherfucker. By the way. <laughs> I, I sent it. I don't know if you saw the the GC because you were on the train, but uh, Siraj Hajmi, or I think that's how you pronounce it. Is that right? Mm, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Siraj Habibi. He uh, <laughs> he he reached out and uh, thanks to Royce from Revenge of the Sith. Shout out to him. Hell They're yeah. going to. Um, he's going to talk to me this week about giving us a. I don't know if it's a deal or if they'll just give us you know algo help uh, over on Rumble. But I'm trying. I'm trying desperately. I, I, I was telling. Game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was for you. Oh, that's no, awesome. just, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually, um, it was on the tweet, uh, where I said, we did it. We got top back and, and Royce responded, I'm taking all the credit for this. And I said, you can take all the credit as soon as you get us an exclusive deal on rumble. He tags Siraj. Siraj immediately DMs me and he says, let's talk this week. We'll get it done. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. So like, it, like I think that yep. what's what's this is the craziest thing about our success, if you want to call it that, is that we just constantly are nuked and we end <laughs> up we end up pivoting it into an advantage for ourselves. <laughs> a, a better situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you, like you know, it, shout out, shout out to this guy Chris Bertman. I've never spoke with him before. I've only spoke with uh, Chris Carr, but he's the one. Chris Bertman wrote the the article yep. for Timcast, and he just asked me some questions, and I gave him an outline. And I was like, listen, this is, I just told him what I thought happened. He basically like word for word what I said, but he put tower gang in the link. Like tower gang is the first, like the first two words of that yeah. article. And I'm like, Crazy. that's first and foremost. I told him, I said, first and foremost, I'm doing comedy here. I'm selling t-shirts, <laughs> which I should be trying to sell t-shirts more. But like, I'm doing comedy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm telling jokes here. It's offensive right. comedy. And like he get, he gets it. Chris yeah. Carr, who I've had words with. Like, you, you know, 
Yeah, you guys started like, off on a on a rough patch. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Shane uh, Shane Cashman because yeah, he didn't he didn't understand what we were doing. I guess he thought I'm just an asshole, which I am. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, some of the things I say, I I'm joking. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, he's like he watched the show. He's actually said he's a fan of the show now, but he gets yeah. it. So it's like these people awesome. in Timcast, they get it. Josie watches, she understands, and it's like that's all we need, just people to watch it and get it. Siraj gets it. Siraj follows me too. So it's go. like these are these are our yeah. people. We gotta like amass them and and then I think do what I don't know. that's that's the future, man. Because like here's the other th- like we have a huge competitive advantage because we're willing to say the shit other people won't. And like yeah. you may be funnier than me, but you won't say what I will. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's like so like how can you compete with us? Like we're going to say the the craziest truths out there and some lies um, for for humor. And it's like, you can't do that because you're concerned about your fucking day job. Like Toad's just like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, fire me. I want to be fired. <laughs> Tom's like, I sell shirts, bitch. I don't give a fuck. And I'm like, I already got money. What are you going to do? And then Cole and yeah. Reed obviously quit the show. So yeah. doesn't that like inherently just make us funnier though? Just because we're willing to say those things. Doesn't that also yes. make us funnier? Yeah. Well, because, yeah. because a huge part of humor is hearing the unexpected. And it's yeah. like, there's never been a time in my life where saying inappropriate things has been more unexpected. Like no one does it anymore. Everyone's so concerned about, you know, getting clipped out of context and fucked over. And it's like, you know, like I can't even tell you how many people told me as, as Liberty lockdown was succeeding. And as my account was growing, dude, you need to quit tower gang. Like this is fucking, this is so dumb. Like so many people. (laughs) Yeah. So many people told me that. And I was like, you don't understand me then. Like I don't, that makes me want to do it more. Like I want to, I'm going to do what I am passionate about and that's it. That's all there is to me as a person. And so that's all there is to it. Yeah, <laughs> and if, I feel and like... if it ends up ruining my fucking political career, good. <laughs> yeah. Politics should be ruined anyway, but you know, slim for president 2020. Um, <laughs> 20, but... I'm, 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 in my, I'm in my, I'm in my third year of my presidency right now. <laughs> 12, hey, whatever year it is, who fucking knows anymore? I'm stuck in 2020, but I I feel like I've had a good eye thus far of like a thing. Like if I see something, even when I was younger, if I see something, I'm like, there's something here. I think this is really good. I'm gonna pursue this. Like even wh- whether it be like guitar, I didn't I didn't know how to play it. My grandfather left me one. I saw it there and I was like, I'm gonna do something with this. Learned it. Ended up playing for money. I remember when I first started talking to you, you had the lady avatar, Clint, and I had messaged you at one point and I was like, whatever you're doing here is something really, I said, you're, you're doing something special or like, I was like, you're, you're the guy. And so I just saw like, I forgot about that. That I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm attaching myself to you in one way or another. How can I do some work for you for free? Or what can I do for you? Because I could see that you're doing something and you didn't really have a following even at that point. But I was like, no, this is the guy. I, I had a couple. Show. I think I had a couple thousand followers at that point. Yeah, yeah, and and I and the same thing with Toad when I saw you at Porkfest, and Toad, of course, took it the most autistic way. Where I'm like, Tower Gang is great. I love this show, and Toad was like, "This guy wants to suck my dick." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, I just think I." See no, no, no. Actually, you're it. the worst part of the show, but I still love it. That's how good it is. <laughs> Like I said, Top was like fanboying out, man. He was like, "Holy shit, it's Toad over there." <laughs> No, I mean, there's, yeah. there's certain things you can tell when somebody shines. Shane Cashman is a person that immediately, I'm like, this motherfucker shines. 
this other dude, Colin, uh, LLC Colin, no, no Colin. He's on Twitter. He's retarded. He shines. There's just people where you're like, oh, okay, I got you. And I, and, and I see it and there, yeah. there might be something there if you continue. But, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think that's why, that's why I love this fucking, this ragtag group of misfits. I'm like, I'm like, look, people, no one sees it the way I don't even think Toad sees it the way you and I do, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, though, no, this is special. I like, there has been moments and I'm not saying it's consistent. There's obviously hits and misses. None of us are professional comics and all of us are still kind of figuring out what we're doing, but there are moments on our show that compete with any podcast out there. And I stand by that. Like there, yeah. there are moments where I can't breathe and I'm crying because of the shit that we're saying and we're doing. And it's usually organic. It just comes out of nowhere. And I think that's the magic. That's when, you know, you have magic when just a conversation ends up with you crying. <laughs> You're like, okay, that's, yeah. that's special. You don't see that very often. It's the same. When I played live music, there is, there's moments of when, when you're playing in a band and everything clicks, like yep. you can do all the practice that you want, but when you're in front of a crowd and everything clicks, you're like, Oh, that's like euphoric sex. You have that every, so there's like little moments like that in the show. I and agree. that's, it, it, yeah. it keeps you chasing that dragon. You're like trying to keep getting high. And we're like, well, let's exactly. keep those do it again next week. <laughs> it, it's, it's the, it's the Legion of Skanks. Uh, you know, I love you like a brother, Dave Chappelle bit like that. That was just one of those things. that's so spectacular. You can't even believe it fucking happened. I feel the same way about uh, Toad's threesome and, uh, or foursome <laughs> and, and also the chicken washers, but it's like the, half, at least. Yeah. I mean, those, those are just things that like it's lightning in a bottle, but I keep coming back every week because I just want to, I want to fucking recapture the lightning. And I feel like that's the same reason most people watch Legion. It's like, so, and you see how like you and I have been to uh Skankfest to see it firsthand. Like it is a rabid fan base. Like these people are fucking ride or die for you once you, once you have them. And I feel like this is why I have, for uh, over a year now, I've been pitching Lewis on signing us. I'm like, dude, this is just fucking stupid that we aren't on Gas Digital. Like, your your people would get us instantaneously. Just put us on there. Like, no disrespect to the other people on your fucking docket, but like, we are undoubtedly better than half of the people that you have on your shows. I'm sorry. I just, that's my honest opinion. Show, no disrespect. Is that still on there? Uh, I don't even know. No, never heard no, it's not. They're out. <laughs> and and I, this this I don't even want to get top in trouble since he works for gas. But am I wrong? Are we not like perfect for gas? I think so. But you know what? I I also think like uh, I think like being thrown into something before you're ready, and we don't who would know when we're when we're even ready? True. Because from from the Tim even from January the Tim Cast appearance until until now. The I feel like the the quality of the content that we've been doing and it's it's oh, been effortless really, yep. it's it's been so much better. So it's like if if we would have went as on soon as, before, as soon as Reed stopped showing up, that was <laughs> <laughs> the dead weight. We got rid of the dead that big old dick. Just get, it, get that big old dick out of here. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, it drags in the wind. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say. But uh, will no, it happen? I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like it, there's. It's like I've never been in an industry that's like art based. Like for me, it's always been finance. Like you close a deal, you get paid. This is not that. Like this is no. you have to grow an audience. It has to be organic. You have to get you know important people's attention that they they start to you know 
have some sort of appeal towards you where they they start to help you out just because they like what you're doing like these are the things that like i i didn't know anything about this world until i just stumbled into it three years ago and now i've realized like no i i'm going to fucking do something special here and i feel like we are going to do something special but like i feel like i'm going to do it both on the comedy front but i'm also going to try and do it on the political front because I'm, those are my two passions. I want to say shit that's true, and I want to say funny shit that's true. <laughs> I want to yeah. do both, but I just want to like, I just want to like, fucking bleed truth into the world, and and I get to I get to show both sides of my personality by doing both these shows. So it's just a perfect for me. It's a perfect balance. And and to everybody that told me I should quit Tower Gang, go fuck yourself, <laughs> you yeah, stupid bastard. The people who said that we just had Andrew Huff on. And uh, That's right. he was he came on the show specifically to do exactly what you're saying because yep. people look at him as like a, a doctor that created a super virus. <laughs> uh, super, and he's like, no, I'm a person, too. You know, and it's it is right. a good medium for that. Yep. But, and every week you show up, I'm again, I'm always surprised, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> happily surprised. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like 100 episodes deep. You're like, Clint's back. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> back again. What uh, a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, I, and I, I don't think people understand how how much of who I am now was an, was directly inspired by Dave Smith's path. Like I, even though I never, you know, had any, uh, you know, faith in my ability to be a stand up comic, I was like, I can do funny banter with the guys for sure. I can do that, and and like the things that Dave was succeeding in, like he he showed me the path. Like the same thing that Ron Paul did for him, where he showed him like, oh, there is a there is a popular a populist movement that, that believes in, in my belief system. That's yeah. very powerful. I mean, Ron did it for me too. Um, but then for Dave to do that and then to be on Joe Rogan, which was my favorite podcast. And then to find part of the problem, which became my favorite podcast. And I was like, and then he has this comedy show, which is Legion of Skanks, which sounds just like my guy friends growing up talking shit. And I was like, this dude's living my dream. So I'm going to fucking yeah. go get his dream. And I'm going to make it mine. Um, I, yeah. And I hope it doesn't make me too much of a clone of Dave, but <laughs> sorry. Yeah. We're just very similar people. Yeah, I just wanted to like recapture that, like hanging out with the guys and like everybody exactly. in the Liberty Movement was like a an autistic faggot talking about theory all the time. So I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> You're like, I just want to, you know, put communists into gulags. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really that's all that. But that's all Tower Gang is. It's just it's just like the these like like couple of retarded guys. But there's something special about him because, like, I guess, like we we picked each other out from like this big group of other retarded guys. Yep. And it just seems to work. Yeah. So, and and you you gotta admit too, given how long we've been doing this now, and the fact that like we've had very very minor disagreements is pretty remarkable. (laughs) It's it's pretty it's pretty damn remarkable because not women. So that no no still dude having having fucking five autists or six five and a half autists that are like interacting on a daily basis and we other than like occasionally kicking you out of the group chat because you're being a bastard (laughs) but that was like you know like those are like minor you know there's never been any knockdown drag out fights or anything when i when i talk shit about tim and you know what you were right and i will admit that now that you were 100 percent right <laughs> but i'm still gonna say that was an awful episode tim Pool. that was fucking <laughs> that, awful that's that's fine and you're totally it's totally reasonable to feel that way uh but I, I was actually far more upset with reed when he called tim a moron i was like dude the it's fuck? so funny it, it, it's really funny though i mean it's, it's funny like, it's funny it definitely it definitely gives street cred to reed for like really being the 
the Ryan Dawson of our group that does not give a fuck, but I'm like, that is just rude. That's just a rude thing to do. This guy, this guy lets you talk to 300,000 people, and then you're like, you're a moron. I'm like, I guess he was a moron for having you on, you ungrateful asshole. I th- I th- Reed went on after that, I think, didn't he? No, it was the day after, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little, that was a little <laughs> fucked up. It was the day I, after. I couldn't you know believe what, it. What's fucked up about me is that, like, even though, so I don't, I don't feel that way about Tim anymore, especially after talking with him in real life, because yeah. I'm like, all right, this guy is, you, you can see, smart the yeah. way he runs his business. Like, I have a lot of high praise for Tim. Uh, again, the episode was shit, but. I feel like as part of my brand, it's like it's hard for me to be like, yeah, exactly. like I just feel like, like but but you're, you're like you're like gay. no, I like, have to drag this motherfucker though. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know how not to. I like. <laughs> oh man, oh, well wow. this is this has been more of a, a hangout than it has been a podcast, but I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, anything you guys want to tell tell the audience where to follow you, Toad? Tower Gang Toad on Twitter and uh, all of us do the tower gang podcast on wednesday nights 9 11 p.m eastern we'll be doing it again uh this wednesday night we have uh perry abasi is that how you pronounce it he's oh a, yeah i forgot it's gonna be a banger savage yeah. on twitter he's coming on on wednesday and uh yeah we have i think we have some more guests lined up and uh yeah we're gonna continue doing uh what we do it's gonna be similar to what we just did but way more savage but way crazier and way less serious and yeah. uh for my audience's sake i gotta let you guys know there was an nba player named royce white who uh he was drafted in the first round i believe and then he basically never played in the nba because he wanted he wanted them to pay for him to be driven everywhere because he he had anxiety about flying and then it became this big mental health uh, thing where he, I think he may have sued the NBA for not honoring his special needs or some shit. And now this dude is like a fucking political commentating, just savage. And uh, I don't know how the fuck it happened, but he's on the show on Thursday. So <laughs> tune in. It's going to be interesting as a motherfucker. That's for sure. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll, you'll like this guy top. He's fucking, he is not nice to him. Oh, this is the black guy that you said. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like him already. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's great. And, and go to go to toplobster.com, Pick up this shirt, ESG Evil Socialist Garbage, and get uh, Tower Gang merch over there too. And then go to MerchEngine.com. Anything else? Uh, I guess you can follow me. At... Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say we got nuked from Patreon, so uh, we should. Uh, we're we're on locals now, and we're trying to get the uh, subscription on Twitter as well. So it's. Pretty much Tower Gang Pod everywhere. TowerGangPod.com is the, the link tree. So Oh, and then TowerGang.Locals.com and LibertyLockdown.Locals.com. Support both of my projects because I ain't making fucking money from this, folks. This is a passion project, but you guys can help me travel and get the word out to more people. And I really do appreciate it when you do that. And uh, last but not least... <laughs> Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all.
Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go? It requires a fight Not tweet from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You're probably wondering What's happening Scared Hollywood Left these lyrical feppening A typo with Luke Might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot But now I'm the shit Peter Quinones invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with a fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic I ripped for 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe